listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley. Alright, this is gonna be so good. And Fred Slow. I am the cream The cream of the crop. 95.9 FM, 610 the sports animal. And talkabq.com. Turn it up! Turn it up! It's Wednesday. Hump day. You know what that means. You need to stop it with that already. (laughs) I've literally done it. Every episode. That's all. For all of the episodes. My name is Fred Slow. I'm going to hang out with you for the next three hours if you're willing to be in front of a listening device for that amount of time. There's a lot of options. Oh my gosh. The AM, which okay. is 610 on your dial. Correct. You could be there right now. Yeah. The FM, which is 95.9 on your dial. Also true. You could be there right now. Yep. You could be listening to us via the app, the official. Yeah, 610 KNML app. Which is a great option to hear us. Yeah. The TuneIn app on your like your smart device. Sure. Ask Alexa. Just say, hey, Alexa. She will do it. Can you do that right now? Can I trick other people's Alexa? Yeah. But they're probably, if they're listening. Then they're probably they're, on Alexa. If they're listening, yeah. they're probably already listening. Though. That's Inception. Yeah. Yeah. Play us both. <laughs> Do it. You want uh, an Echo? I think mine is an Echo. An Amazon Echo. Yeah. Ba-doom-psh. Also, uh, talkabq.com. That's where your boys live stream at. Yeah. So you have a lot of options to, to hear your boys. Or just like tell your neighbor to turn it up. And just open your window. Abe Simpson does it at the very end of our intro. Correct. Turn it up. Yeah. Hanging out with me for the three hours that I'm hanging out with you is my absolute best friend on the other side of the table, Van Nunley. How are you, Van? Oh, my goodness. Best day ever, buddy. How are you? What about it? What made it the best day ever? Oh, that's just what I say to people. They usually don't ask follow-up questions. Wow. It's in a good mood because Bregman and the Astros looked good last night. Did they? What happened there? What was up with them? They were leading today. Bregman hit a game time dong in the ninth, and then Correa hit a walk off double. Oh, my Cardinals! And I turned it on in the eighth inning, so it was kind of perfect too. They're losing all game. That's interesting because my the Cardinals were up five zero in the ninth, and then flushed it down the toilet. Or they're up five one in the ninth and flushed it down the toilet. It was just ridiculous. Up oh, Seattle one in the ninth. <sighs> just. Killed my vibe. Why'd you have to bring that up, Vital? I was having a great day. You're a bully. I'm getting excited for the NFL season, but the baseball season's starting to heat up. Oh, it's baseball season's been heated up all year, by the way. July, but that's only for baseball fans. Mostly hot in June, then some of July starts to really kind of some interesting races though head down, especially the wild card in both leagues. If baseball didn't exist, October wouldn't be the best sports month in the history of all months. But because baseball does exist, October is, and that's what I look forward to every month that's not October. Yep. Also, college football, regular football. I just found out that on October the 9th, we will be broadcasting live from the Balloon Fiesta. That's exciting. So that's super exciting. I love balloons. We'll talk more about that when the opportunity comes. Mike Vital, how are you? Pretty good. How are you? Fair. I'm having a weird moment, though. Because I feel like, number one, we had COVID-19 last year where in my neighborhood. So because we had COVID-19, there was no like face-to-face. There's face-to-face now. So for the first time today in over a year, closer to two years, I slash we competed in an inner office NFL pick pool. 
That just happened. That is correct. Like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. And what I did, because I'm so out of practice, is I forgot to take a picture of my of what I filled out to have my picks on my phone. Oh, my God. I could just lie on you. And now I'm a fool. Yeah. Now, the American Humane Society got my dollar for entering in. It actually got my $2 because you refused to pay because you hate animals. That's correct. Yeah. You said, I support no corgi that I don't like home. Yes. Besides my... 15-and-a-half-year-old beagle. Yes. And two-and-a-half-year-old corgi. I hate all animals. Well, your corgi... I don't care about them whatsoever. You left out with mental disability. Yes, he's special. Yes. He's special needs corgi. So you're beyond elderly dog, which could leave this world while we're in Hawaii next week very easily. Thanks for planting that seed, buddy. Do that on purpose. Appreciate it. <laughs> and your mentally deficient corgi... Who, who would just fall over it any minute yes yeah w- literally walk sideways it's I'm pretty vital my corgi was a covid rescue he was in a very bad situation and we saved him from it i think the biggest problem was he was like fed a steady diet of paint chips when he was a puppy and like now he's very lead paint chips yeah, yeah yeah from like 1950s sears homes correct okay yeah he is not a smart boy he is cute and he is sweet, but he runs into walls often. He's not smart. You can't use that as a descriptor of your dog. When it gets too quiet, he barks. This dollar slash two dollars, because I for some reason had to pay for your pick'em list, which is very on brand for you, so I'm not going to make that weird. Sure, sure. That dollar is going to go to help a corgi live a better life. It will probably end up being my personal that's corgi. What, yes, that's what I'm thinking. So we're both investing in my own dog. I need to register him with Animal Humane now that I think about it. <laughs> I absolutely would. Check out the the Animal Humane Society. Uh, they're doing some cool stuff, and thank you for them for letting us be a part of this weekly pick'em where I plan to not just beat everyone in the office, but beat them substantially to where they have to call me by my pro wrestling name, which is Freddie Fame. You did write Freddie Fame on the sheet. Yes. I'm, it's not Fred Slow. Yeah. It's Freddie Fame. That's who's participating. And we're sorry to the um, Arbor Day Society. Oh, yeah. Didn't make we're the cut. St- <laughs> we're still using pieces of paper for this Pick'em League, and not just like a phone and just like send our picks magically through the air. We have to fill out sheets of paper. So you're welcome, Animal Humane, and our apologies to the Arbor Society. We want your picks as well. Text the program on the NMDOT text line, 505-246-0610. Send us number one. We want who you got tomorrow. So it's Cowboys and Bucks tomorrow. I've already made my decision, and I will give that to you when we preview that. Your boy's got a lot of appearances and stuff going on. Let's go over them real quick. Okay. Guest list for today. Okay. Four thirty. A Marie Castillo. Okay. She's joining us. She's the producer of the morning show here. And you think, why would you have a producer on? You already have Mike Vitale. She's actually a world more things. She's a very funny comedian. She has a world of talent and things going on outside of the program. We are friends in real life. So she's going to come on. She has a show, I think, tonight, actually, at 7 o'clock at Revel. And then she's got an event next Tuesday. So we're going to promo that. Also, uh, we're going to celebrate her birthday. All right. So that's a See fun. you next Tuesday. There's a, there's a fun one. At 5 p.m., the head coach of the University of New Mexico Lobos football team, Danny Gonzalez, will join us. My personal favorite. Yeah, he's very good. Like him a lot. So we're going to talk about the big rivalry game this weekend against New Mexico State University. That's going to be a lot of fun. 
just 30 short minutes after that, 15 minutes after it concludes, head coach of the Duke City Gladiators, Robert Kent, is going to join us. We're going to talk about what I believe to be a robbery. I believe... You are 100% correct on your assessment. Yes. I believe they took the ring off my boy's finger. You're 100% correct. And I'm going to ask the hard questions because the season's over. I'm going to say, Coach Kent, what the what? And then he will explain articulately and passionately and correctly exactly what happened. And if that's not enough amazing guess, Vital, guess what? Guess. Guess what? Hey. There's more. There's more. But wait. Jordan says 6 o'clock is one Bob Nightingale. Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. Okay, well, it took you long enough because all of them have been good so far. <laughs> but Bob Nightingale will join us. We're going to talk Major League Baseball, specifically the 2020 Hall of Fame class, which is headlined by one. Suck it, Jada. I was going to say Larry Walker, but you went with Derek Jeter. So yeah, whatever. Okay, so I'm Well, you're on. missing out on your Cardinal. Ted Simmons. Also Ted Simmons. Okay, well, the Hall of Fame missed out on Ted Simmons for a lot of years for a reason. So, Derek. Ooh, tell me about it. I don't oh, know why. I mean, come on now. Ted Simmons played. Didn't he get in like uh, like the joke way? He didn't get like voted in. He got in like that. He was elected. All right. Talk to Bob about that. So I'm excited for the program. I'm excited for the week. Did he do something horrible? No. He like just, in the 60s and like. He's in the Hall of Very Good. It didn't make it to the internet. He played for years with St. Louis and Milwaukee, and he was played for that position catcher. I mean, my gosh. It was very good. He was, not... was a solid player. That's, that's what it is. He was a solid player. As a baseball fan, I knew his name, but I didn't know he was, like, Hall of Fame quality. You know what we should do? 2,400 hits, 285 average, 248 bombs. That's pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. Especially for a guy who has to squat down for three hours a day. What should we do, man? Ask Bob about it. Yeah, let's ask Bob okay. about it. So we'll do that. All things Major League Baseball at 6 p.m. Uh, obviously, a lot of NFL preview. Uh, I'm obsessed with this UFC thing, so we're going to talk about that for sure. Going to have a lot of fun. This Saturday, catch us in the morning. So we're live in studio on Saturday morning. That's 8 to 11. Right. Cool. Then, short little like afternoon nappy boy. Okay. Psych tailgate. I, there's 0% chance I'm taking a nap. You're going to power nap it? A little okay. disco nap? Is power nap the name of the new Bud Light drink? Because yes. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch power nap. Did you see Bud Light made a special Lobo bottle? Shut up. Yeah. Okay. Put that on the list of things that I need. Okay. Note to self. Yes. Buy Lobo Bud Light. In the stores or just specially just for UNM Athletics? I think they're in the stores here. Hmm. I'm looking it up. I saw a guy driving around with a truckload of them. He brought like eight cases. He was just he, drinking one? He was sticking out of No, it's in the trunk. Oh, okay. Or no, uh, back of the truck. I know the, the Lobos had their own microbrew beer. Do they now? I didn't know that. By the time when I first moved to the city, I started an Instagram account of cars carrying ladders that didn't make sense. And I would post all the pictures of cars I saw around town that had ladders through the windows and stuff because that was the funniest thing to me. And then he quit when somebody used a ladder to steal the bike out of his apartment. <laughs> it's 100% true. You remember that story, Vital? Vaguely, but uh, someone did climb up and st- it was a second floor. Interesting. Floor? You remember every detail about it. Like possibly you were there, Michael. Huh. I was not there. Check your security camera. 
that for some time was the most talked to me about event on this program. Whenever we first started to gain notoriety around the area, the the old school fots, the old school friends of the show, the OG fots, will still ask you about your bike. Yes, if you ever found it, whatever happened to it, stolen off my second story balcony with the ladder rested up against my home. Wow. <laughs> Took the bike, left the ladder. Cannoli reference. I was going to do it. Oh, I was going to do it, too. I don't see this uh, Lobo Bud Light, but whenever I can, I will. Let's grab a break when we get back. Um, yesterday, we lambasted Monday Night Football for partnering with Drake. We said it's stupid. We said it's a, it's, you're missing your target audience. And then they totally redeemed themselves. You listen to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. All right, we're back on the program. During the break, I ran to get a watery boy. Okay. Okay. And I was thinking, I love office pools. I love that we're doing the pick'em. I love that we're helping the Animal Humane Society. I love all that. What room did they put a pool in? Okay. I mean, are we... I didn't bring my trunks. Is that is that because I just got seven dollars swim trunks that match the lady in my life's like swimsuit for Hawaii, and you're making fun of me, low key? Is that why you're saying this? We're gonna have a talk. Thank you. During this next break. So, with the office pick'em, in theory, everyone in the office picks them. Yes. Got it. But like most companies currently, like this one included, they're like, hey, if you don't get the COVID-19 vaccine by a certain date, you no longer work here. So do you even make the picks? Like, you know, the person who's not putting in the picks, they're not getting the vaccine. They're like, forget it. Oh, that's a good way to tell. That's like your tell, right? Where you're like. For months they've been saying, I just can't get in an appointment. Yeah. All they have is Johnson and Johnson. I want the Moderna. Which I totally understand because I also am Team Moderna. Yeah. Which, according to CDC research, creates the most midichlorians. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> so you're saying you you know who's not vaccinated by who is skipping the football. Play. That's what I'm saying because they're not going to go the first four weeks of pickums at a dollar per pickum to not have an opportunity to win the year-long pickum. Because their pickums no longer be picked because they no longer work here, because they know or there, because they know their fake political stance that they learned from their dumbest aunt on Facebook. Yes. is going to eventually get them fired. Is what it, you're saying? And what I'm saying is, not only do you lose your job, which is a bummer, but you lose the chance to win half of the pool that goes to help the Animal Humane Society. Well, it's not about the money to me; it's about helping puppies. I literally paid for yours. Oh, that's right. So it's not about that. Well, way. I didn't have any cash. I didn't know we're starting today. It's, it's $1 hair. Like I said, I don't have cash. You just don't carry cash? Like hardly ever. You, if you even had the time, and I've brought it up on air, you've had the opportunity to Venmo me. Well, I, oh yeah, I could Venmo you a dollar. That's what I'm saying. And you could put fun emojis on there, and it would have been a whole fun thing, and we could have screenshotted it and put it at TalkABQ. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and anywhere else that I've registered us. Or I could have well, just thrown you a buck. You yeah, know? I mean, Vital, right? Vital walks around with a pocket full of change and a self-defense mechanism. That's right. You could pay for me next week, Vital. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Since I won't be joining, you took out my opportunity to join. Well, we won't be in studio on Monday. Because on Monday, we are live from Bourbon and Boots hosting the Raiders Den. The official Monday Night Watch Party for the Raiders at well, Bourbon and Boots. The reason I don't have cash is I got out of the habit during COVID when all the of having clubs money. were Of closed. having money. Oh, yeah. just smart. <laughs> if I'm not going to walk around with $200 in ones 
then I'm not going to walk around with any ones at all. I I recognize your stance and I accept it. Okay. I just want you to know that often there's an opportunity to help uh, the Animal Humane Society and corgis that are not yours. Yeah. On Monday night, we are live from Bourbon and Boots hosting the Raiders Watch Party, the official Raiders Watch Party, as they take on whoever they're playing on Monday night. I forgot to take a picture of my pick em. But every Monday night after that, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm watching Manning Night Football. Is that when it starts already? It's the first 10 games of the next three seasons. The The Manning boys are going to team up with, like, celebrity friends. So you know you're going to see, like, like country music stars on there, which I love. I don't think it's the first 10 games. I think you're wrong. I think it's 10 games of their choice. Oh, okay. That's even better. Yeah. Because they make their own schedule. <sighs> They're the GD Mannings. They get to decide. They get ESPN2, which used to be the home of the Scalar brothers, but now it's the Manning brothers. Okay. Upgrade. Yeah, superior brothers. Yeah. And I'm a Scalar guy. I almost, I almost called the Varsity of Brothers. I almost just called it right now. Well, I mean, it's people of color now. Ah, I see what you did there. The Scalar guys is more your speed, isn't it, Van? Yes. They're from St. Louis. Yeah. I thought they were in San Diego. Okay, well, I mean, trust your boy. So... They are going to just riff, like riff track over Monday Night Football with people of interest, celebrities. I bet they end up with someone cool like Barack Obama. Like, it's not just going to be athletes, right? Would you open or close with Barack Obama? You open? He's your first one? It's Jerry Seinfeld rules. He's your first one? Do your best joke first. Okay. Smart. Very smart. I know you got to start strong and end strong. Here's what I'm saying, though. I say forget ESPN. Forget ESPN, too. You do this thing on HBO. That way, you could say curse words. Yes, yeah. Because when you're, when you're watching a sporting event with the boys, to be able to add like necessary inflection, superlatives, if you will, there's a ton of value in that. I would like to hear people cuss, and we, you know we've had this idea before. We've talked shop on this. All right, I'll do it. What this, is it? this very idea of the Manning things on like the internet? We call games, and we get to say whatever we want including expletives. Yes. But if, in the specific case of the Mannings, I would rather them not cuss. I don't think I think potty mouths. Peyton's hillbilly like expletives are way funnier than someone dropping F-bombs. Like his front porch. Yeah. like He's all bumble nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh darn it to Hades. There will be a lot that's, of... That's funnier yes. than, a, than a well-timed F-bomb. I take, I yeah. take it back. Yeah. I didn't realize how correct you were going to be in this one. Congratulations. There's going to be a lot of inside jokes we're not going to get either. And, like, if you shoot it correctly, if you shoot it like it's a Top Gun movie and it's just, like, pictures of their face close up the whole time, <laughs> you're like, like, okay, this is really good. What kind of insight can they br- – they're going to bring the best insight. I, being really honest, it's going to be a thousand times more interesting than – I can't tell you who the broadcast team is for Monday Night Football right now. I currently don't know. And and I pray that they don't try to be too professional about it. They're just like a couple glasses of wine after Thanksgiving, and they're just like talking smack to each other. That's the vibe I want out of the Manning brothers. I don't want to hear the expert analysis when I get that on the other channel. Monday Night Football, right now their broadcast is so poor with Steve Levy, which I would not have got. That 
ESPN has created a parallel broadcast to it to separate the fan base, to be like, hey, if you hate Steve Levy, you can go over here to two individuals that literally cannot be hated. I wonder how long this was in the works or if it's just like a snap response to the Drake snafu. The Drake, well, the Drake snafu is a joke. That's dumb. It's super dumb. It's their worst decision. It's their worst decision since Dennis Miller. And I like Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller to me is very high on the list of very good. But not at that. I hear you. Yeah. Also, that was an ABC thing, which you're going to be like, they're the same company. That's different. Because the ABC guys, you're talking like Keith Jackson and Frank Gifford and Al Michaels. You're talking like guys that were always at the top. Yes. With ESPN, you're talking Brian Greasy. (laughs) Nothing against the Greasy family. I mean, I, I take them personally. ABC had John Madden. I mean, the football greasies, like not the the hair product family from coming to America. It's a different, different oh, That's name. a deep cut, my yeah, friend. You're welcome. I will watch the Manning brothers do anything, and I will specifically watch them co-commentate Monday Night Football because I haven't watched Monday Night Football in its entirety. I watch, like, the recap stuff. I watch, like, the shortened game. I haven't watched a Monday Night Football broadcast in its entirety in years. Hi, Eli. Remember that, uh? You remember that time I, I dipped your fingers in hot water and you peed yourself in the bed? <laughs> it reminds me of that day. Am I right? <laughs> That's what I want to hear. When they have that charity golf thing in July, this is the second straight year, and he's with Rogers and with a cup Brady and a couple of other people. He's pretty good at cutting people down, so I think it would be pretty fun to watch. He's legit funny. They're both he very is. funny. Yeah. yeah. The funniest thing when we – like, if the New York Giants are ever blessed with a Monday Night Football game again, because Eli Manning is the most successful quarterback in Giants history. Giants fans hate him for some reason. Like, he's won more, he won ships, and the fan base still hates him. Do they now? Yes, they do now. I didn't notice that. Oh, my gosh, now. Is it because of his face? Well, have you seen his dumb face? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty dumb. It's literally named Manning Face. If you make a dumb face... You refer to it as Manning Face from now through all the history of the world. I agree with you. I don't want breakdowns of offensive linemen and wide receiver routes and quarterback progression. I don't care about that. I want inside jokes that are centered around growing up in the rural part of Louisiana. We're getting your calls, but Amory is joining us. At 4.30, so we're going to hold off briefly. We're going to grab a break. Hold on. Is Peyton calling right now? Because we'll put him in. If it's Peyton, Is it Peyton, the one exception. Okay. So we're going to go to the break, and when we get back from the break, Amory is going to join us. She's the morning show producer, but she's she's about to expose the friends of the show to all, the plethora of other things that she is. <laughs> Number one, entertaining. Okay. She can fill in all the blanks after that. It's ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Well, as it turns out, Van, you were right. Don't let just anyone in here. <laughs> Amory Castillo. <laughs> Amory, welcome to the program. Castillo? Castallo? Castillo? Castillo. We're not from the Southwest. You ain't, a, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? It's really funny, though, too, because Amory is my stage name, and I grew up here, and no one wants to call me by my stage name here. Oh, no. It's so funny. They're like, no. Or they 
put a spin on it, like Anna Marie. I think that's just conditioned. Anna Marie. That's just conditioned. Anna Maria. You are the producer on the morning show here, which opening. I love, the opening drive. Yeah, such a good show. Shout out to J- Jeff and JJ. People were heated this morning, by the way. It was rowdy this morning. Well, we listen. Yeah, people. We're fans we first. Want, yeah, no, people want to cancel us because rivalry, Lobo, Aggie game. It's really funny. Did you see those comments? Did you see some of that stuff? First off, they need to grow up. Yeah, and secondly, they need to tune in to us at 5 o'clock when Coach Danny Gonzalez joins us. Because yeah. what we do is we go to the horse's mouth. Yes. That's what I'm really ex- I was like, I'm is that his nickname? Watch. No, his name his nickname is not the horse's mouth. Oh. I believe the that. horse. He's so likable. I'm like, why is everyone mad? He's like legit my favorite coach I've ever met. Most handsome. And like he's our coach. He's the most handsome yes. guy in we, college football. Heck yes. He's insanely handsome. I haven't checked him out. It's too busy. He's to Jeff say. Fisher handsome. Okay. Yeah. Sean McVay. That's, that's gr- okay, first of all, that's gross. And I have an off-the-air story for you. Okay. Can't wait. Amory, you are not just a producer on a sports talk radio show. You are country traveled and you are regionally famous in the world of comedy. Yes, yes, yes. Where do you perform yeah. that? How do, how well does it go or poorly? Because that's my favorite type of comedy. <laughs> Women aren't funny. Um, I've kind of focused on my niche. I kind of I call myself the sports comedian because I talk a lot about sports and I work in sports media. Obviously, here I am. But yeah, so uh, I started about 12 years ago. And it's going, it was going pretty well. Of course, the pandemic happened and the world is soft, but things are going well. Mm-hmm. Love being back here, trying to help the scene here. But Landa Mignon, a little slow, but I love Albuquerque, trying to help, trying to help the scene here. There's a lot of funny people here. Just, we got to get our knit. Yeah, close. When did you first move back to town? Uh, end of March. All right, so that's post-pandemic-ish. So really, there's right. no excuses well... here. Well, I'm doing shows, like I told okay. you, Hollow Spirits and uh, anywhere I can. And there's a lot of open mics, but we need to like kind of step up. We can't. I'm. We can't have a club yet. I think we should establish a club within a venue and then go from there. What do you want us to do? It. Yes. All right. Do you, Wait. You busy next week? I'm writing this down. Yeah. Fred, Fred and Van Comedy Club. I'm gonna write it down right under by Lobo where, Bud Light. Where do you guys think a good comedy club would be in Albuquerque? Lobo Theater. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Deal. Okay. I I also have other clubs that are interested in investing from New York and stuff. We So uh, the regular listener of the Weekend Program knows that we own a production company called Talk ABQ. Yeah. And we produce all kinds of stuff. We're doing Rocky Horror Picture right. Show. we got a bunch of stuff right. going on. And whenever these things come up, this is I literally. this was a business meeting. This is awesome. Yeah, this is literally how it happens. <laughs> Someone says we should, and we say, okay. Okay, we'll let's, let's do it. No, that's what it is. And I'm a, I'm a go-getter, and I just, I was, you know, I'm ready to go. And there's enough comics here to get something going. Some of them are funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's not like um, L.A., all the bigger markets, but there's a group of people. So did you know a lot of people in the local comedy, like, cult here? Because nope. it, it seems like a... Oh, it's so clicky. Yeah. So I'm trying to help that. I okay. go to the open mics and stuff, and I, I'm not also trying to be like, I'm a big fish back in a small pond. Because uh, that, that's my bit. I already do that. Yeah, because okay. I grew up here, and I went to El Dorado, and blah, 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 and whatever. Uh, anyways... I've been going to open – at first I wasn't performing. I just went to all the open mics to scout people, and I was like, let me see what people are doing here. Because, I mean, I, I've been doing comedy and was polished in the best city in the world for comedy in New York. So I know some things. In Chicago, we'd like to have a conversation with you. Okay. But yeah. All right. We can debate. But, yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, I was I, I knew Tro- this guy, Troy Wilson, and his little gang. And then um, when I started going to all the open mics, I started to get to know everybody. 
the first it, time. It's like quite segregated. Instead of everybody oh, coming very together much. Very much. and like just being one giant unit and like which you should spreading be spreading out shows, yeah. supporting each other. It seems like there's a couple small sects. Yeah, and there's like good comedians in every single one of them. Yes, they just need to form like Voltron and make this something real in Albuquerque. I started kind of a resident show at Hollow Spirits, which is great because a lot love of Hollow Spirits. Love it. Shout out to them. Um, every last Wednesday and. Uh, I, I was doing all females because females, you know, we get treated a little differently. Not saying that, but, um, and I give them long sets, which you don't get here in Albuquerque either. So it's been really cool. But you guys are going to host the next one. Uh, from the text, from the texter right now, uh, two venues have already texted me about your new comedy club idea. So we'll see what we can set up. Okay, that's amazing. How very exciting! Shout out! How very exciting! The first time I saw a Marie perform, it was in a comedy roast of Kenny, friend of the show, friend in real life, Kenny Thomas, <laughs> and someone else. Uh, <laughs> like, it was Kenny Thomas and like a feature, but then no one else showed. It was only Kenny Thomas. It was, yeah, it was, Giddens was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, J.R. Giddens. And, oh, then, it, it, it and even... he's trying to cancel Buck D now for, because we, we still roasted them. I mean, you're signing up for a roast, dude. Yeah. They signed up for a roast. And then like, don't try to cancel comedians. We It was all good fun. And you guys are actually, you know, you know somewhat of sports. So like, Buck D and I were like, well, we're just going to start make this more into a comedy show than a rose because no one me so i went no one even knew who was in the nba finals <laughs> I, I went with a uh, friend of the show friend in real life jared hart yeah to to watch and we were it was at frank's chicken and waffles yeah cool so it was me amory and jared and then uh that's where the white people ended and then it was everyone else so yeah. me and jared are sitting in the back corner yeah you guys stuck out drinking because <laughs> also you guys looked more privileged it was so freaking funny we're wearing it like they're normal you know jared's mustache whatever and then they have like a, a, a nope there's no booze at this place you know what i mean there's a but they have like a bottle service yeah we so we have and i'm they like they found a dusty old bottle of wine i know correct, i know poured but, it in like a corona bucket i know i was drinking like coronas because there was nothing else well frank there's some beers but you know what i mean yeah how more aggressively it's not a full anglo. bar it's not a, it's not a full bar no sure. wine and beer yeah and how, how more aggressively anglo can you get we could not than going to a <laughs> A chicken and waffle place and asking for, an for M- wine. For an NBA roast. Yes. <laughs> so w- we were sitting in the back corner, very VIPs style, so for funny. a chicken and waffles place, and and we have bottle service of wine on the table, and we are the sorest thumbs in the history of viewing comedy roasting right. ever. So then, um, so Amory comes on, and you took you went from zero to sixty as quick as anyone has ever gone as far as telling jokes. There was right. there was no foreplay. You were in, and and I have not stopped laughing and stopped being a fan of you since. Oh, thank you. So yeah, so my first impression of you was tremendous, okay. and then for you to now be part of of what we're doing here is is just incredible. So excited! I love the sports animal. Seven thirty tonight. You are at Revel. Yeah. What's that? It's a uh, it's Revel. It's by Top Golf. It's like I'm familiar with the what, building. What do you call it? Like um, what do you call those food halls? Sure. They are big, yeah. like cafeteria like, style But with like a bar. Yeah. Fancy food courts. Because they have other ones too, like Tin Ken Alley and stuff, right? I don't know if you'd put that in the same category, but. I would not, but I would. You know what I mean. So they're doing it there at the. They do it every Wednesday. Okay. Um, Yeah. And they just, last second, I, I don't know what happened, but they're like, hey, can you come host? Oh, so you're just hosting. Right. But it's a lot of fun watching me host. Okay. I'll take your word for that. Or you can go down tonight to Revel. It's a, it costs or it's free? It's free. Okay. So if, the, if you are a fan of what Amory is doing on the morning show, you can now take in her comedic stylings uh, starting tonight. Yeah. At Revel. 7.30. Uh, 7.30, like not Albuquerque time. Like come at 
Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. Albuquerque yeah. time. I start telling. Nice I start promoting my shows differently now. I don't even tell them what time it starts. It's like just come at seven. Okay, that's the smart move. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Did you forget this when you left? Yes. Yeah. I'm eight. I left at eighteen. I'm thirty-five. I'm thirty-five tomorrow. Congratulations! Happy hey, birthday. happy Ate birthday! It. it. From the texter. Oh my god! The girl version of Fred. No, that is not correct, uh-huh. Dexter. <laughs> We're all the girl version. We're all unique individuals here. Uh, your big event though is next Tuesday. Uh, I mean, it's it's another comedy show. I'm just wanted to promote it. It's uh, Karen Karen Carson, very funny comic. She's putting on a show at uh, Brew Labs, and, the, and I really like the lineup. Very very good comedian. I'm not familiar with her. She's local. Yeah, she's really good. I have to find her. She's very very good. What time is that? Where's it? What's it cost? How's it work? It, um. Huh? Uh, uh, oh, you uh, need to pull that up. Yeah. Uh. Oh my god, we have a, we have people texting me. I'm listening to the show. This Whoa. is great. <laughs> I'm not even on the text line. We're, we're fortunate to be friends. <laughs> uh, connect with A Marie during the break on the NMDOT text line five zero five two four six zero six ten. We're going to continue the conversation after this with a little Cowboys Bucks preview. A Marie, you ready for that? You're going to show your sports acronym. Uh, heck yes. ABQ Central ninety five point nine FM AM six ten. The sports animal. Next Tuesday, that's the 14th, Van and I cannot attend because we are going to go to Hawaii. Don't tell people where we're going, Fred. You do this all the time. <laughs> I didn't say which island. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You're you, both going? There's not, it's, it's very on brand for us. <laughs> you, you don't know us very well yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to. Yeah. We're common law too. married. Okay. We're yeah. actually friends. Okay. A. Marie, Steph Darnell, Sarah Kennedy, who's very funny, yeah. if you haven't seen her. This is Sarah's such great. a strong lineup. Uh, we'll be, where is this thing at, Brew Labs? Brew Labs. I guess it's okay. like Rear Rancho. I don't even know where, but uh, West Side, and it's like. The- 3301 Southern Boulevard, Southeast, Rear Rancho. Breaking Bad themed. BrewLab101.com. Check it out. Full bar, I guess. Is there a cover there? If there is, pay it. It's You've totally been saying it. Brew Lab this whole time. Brew Lab? I thought you were saying Burlap. No. Nah. I was like, that's <laughs> no. a stupid name. No, first no, off. no, no, no. Like what poor people used to make their clothes out of during the Depression? Okay, first off, you're talking about my grandfather, and I'm very insensitive of you. Well, <laughs> the, I, first of all, if a fact is that he's poor, you can't have sensitivity to it. Noted. Okay. Okay. Flower, I think, came in burlap. I don't know. If Brew it's... Lab. Brew Lab. That makes Brew way labs. more sense. Brew Lab. With an S. There's more yeah. than one there? Brew Lab. Yeah. What... <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll come back. I'll, let... I'll give you a review. Okay. Thank you. All right. We're... We need your sports acronym here. Are you ready? All right. Tomorrow night at 6.20 p.m., the Dallas Cowboys will go to Florida to lose to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They're going to cover minus seven and a half. No, they are not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they are not going to cover. They are not. Um, Cowboy fans, though, y'all, I, 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 I listen to you every morning now on the opening drive. And I like how loyal our team, but y'all are in denial. <laughs> it's the one of the funnest fan bases. It's one of the most passionate fan bases. Yeah. But it's easily the most delusional fan base. Yeah. I don't. You're going. No. Sorry. I, I love the NFL when the Cowboys are good. I love it because I hate. Because I like that everyone hates them, yeah, or loves them. Well, it you you live in an area too where it's cowboy dominated too. Is it? Yeah. Is yeah. it? Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders. Because we're ho- correct. We host the official 
viewing party for the Raiders. Hey, the, Cowboys. Raiders. The, Las, the Las Vegas Raiders. Cowboys, Raiders, then Broncos. See, there is no official Cowboys party. That's all I'm saying. Everyone wants the Cowboys to lose every week. And they do, so that's nice. I, on the other hand, would like to see them go as far as possible, then choke. Let's say... <laughs> like, like every time they go to the playoffs? Let's say, for example possibly uh, some made-up situation like okay. the starting quarterback fumbles the snap on the game-winning kick. Like, something like that would happen. Like, just hypothetically, not that it would really happen. But that has really happened. Oh, has it? Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Gosh. <laughs> I think a lot of people are just stuck in the 90s here in Albuquerque with their and they're like they're drunkle like the Cowboys, so they like the Cowboys still. Van on a couple oat sodas has a bit on how Albuquerque is ten years behind everyone else. So your your analysis here is spot on. You nailed yes. it. Yes, crushing it. So and, I'm, and I'm from second. Carlsbad. <laughs> Carlsbad's twenty years. Oh my god, I've been to Carlsbad since I since 2003. They have a oh, cavern there. Christ- Christmas on the Pacers? Is that what you did? Christmas on no, the Pacers? No, no. little um, cavern action? Yeah, little, you do that? A little uh, varsity basketball, if you will, in Albuquerque, traveling oh, down there. Are you an athlete, too? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was. I'm there's, 35 now. There's the thing that surprised Arm. me just now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm six foot. Ouch. Same. Got a hook shot? Got a little hook? Got a hook? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent. All right, you ready for that? All right, so the over-under is 51.5. Is that what you guys see? It's it's fifty one and a half, and isn't it minus seven and a half? But, That's what I'm seeing here. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, I got sports, sports. I got my prediction. Are you ready? Yes. The Cowboys will not score at all, and oh, it, and take the over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I have I just have more faith in the um in the Bucks right now. Uh, you know, so and Dak hasn't taken a snap, and the Bucks defense. Zangle took one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> I like Dak. Like but, as a person? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean I don't know him, but I like him from what Seem, I see. Seems nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys yeah, we'll see what happens. But that Bucks defense is just they're not under. Take they under. won the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, and returned twenty two starters. Yeah. Every starting player is back from the best team in yeah. the league. Is that good? Yes. That's For, very good. Pretty good. It's like pretty never good. happened in the f- history of any sport ever. Of course. If which Tom, is a stat that I just made up. If Tom Brady says to you, hey, guys, uh, why don't you just stick around? You, wh- there's no other option. You just stick around. Two of their best players took pay cuts. They're like, okay, Brady's doing it. I got to do it. All right, the, um, spread is, the spread is eight and a half now. Oh, wow. Just keeps on moving up, <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's when the betting's not going a certain way. <laughs> Vegas, make up your mind. I'm going to tell you right now. This this Buccaneers team is winning by more than seven. If you're going to play the parlay. I think at least two scores. All right. I'm going to take Tampa to win with the spread. And at 51-5, I'm taking the over. I think that's the smart play. That's the smart play? That's the smart play. I would even buy points. I would buy it up to like 10 and a half and get the Bucks. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Dang, you're feeling lucky. Now, well, we got to make some spending money because we're taking a trip to an undisclosed location next week. That is correct. Yeah, <laughs> That Subway Tom Brady money? Can't lose if it's a sure thing, brother. It ain't a bet if I'm betting on myself. I've never been to Hawaii. Well, if you're not busy next week, you can cover for us while we're gone. Do you think they'll miss me at Brew Labs? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Hey, Marie Castillo, you are very funny. You are very talented. We're so very thankful oh, to have you part of the team so. here. Thank you so much. We are going to cut you loose, though, because in about five minutes, we're going to interview Danny Gonzalez about I'm, the big rivalry I'm game. I'm very excited about that. You going to listen in the car? Uh, Yeah.
feel free to text. All right, thank you. Catch you tomorrow morning on your birthday. It's my birthday, 35. Venmo me a hard seltzer money if you'd like. Uh, At TalkABQ is a good Venmo. (laughs) Send it there. Going to break. Danny Gonzalez when we get back. It's ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. 5 p.m. Welcome to quitting time. Big thank you to A. Marie Castillo for sitting in with us for the last 30 minutes. It's fun to talk sports adjacent sometime. Sure. There's no conversation in this town right now that's bigger than the rivalry game this upcoming weekend as your UNM Lobos host possibly your New Mexico State Aggies. <laughs> Joining us on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline, Coach Gonzalez. Coach, how are you? I'm great, guys. Van, Fred, thank you for having me on. How are you guys oh, doing today? Two weeks in a row. What did I do right in a past life? You're doing good, doing good. Gosh. Thanks, Coach. Coach, well, so you- I appreciate you guys having me on. This is great. Absolutely. Coach, so you came out and said some very, very bold things about your rival that most coaches would sugarcoat. Why do you think that's the right approach here? And uh, give it to us again. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel very passionate about, one, where I'm from and, and our school. And I might have offended a lot of people with uh, my despise for, for the team that we're playing on Saturday, but, but that's okay. I mean, I want to – this should be important to this community. I mean, we're the flagship university in our state. And, I I mean, Coach Martin's a good friend of mine. I have all the respect in the world for him. I mean, I think he's done a phenomenal job down there. But that's the other team in this state. They're not us. I mean, we're the the flagship university in this state. We – I just – I think we're – I mean, I I despise the the other school. I don't like them. I don't care. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it is what it is, and – it's going to make for a great game on Saturday, but you know what? I've heard a whole bunch, a whole bunch of people talking about the game, and if I've offended them, then there's a positive to that because that means they care. It's when they stop talking that they don't care that you're really in trouble. So this is kind of exciting around here. Oh, good point. Excellent point, Coach. The thing that excites me most about the rivalry is that it does have that, that level of relevancy again. Obviously 15,000 out at the field last week. We expect that number to be dwarfed this week. Um, how important is it to be able to host this rivalry game when last year not only did it not exist, but to be able to host it in front of a fan base that is so excited? Oh, you know, I think it's awesome. I mean, I hope we have double the people that we had last week. I mean, it was a Thursday night. It was Labor Day weekend. It wasn't New Mexico State that we're playing. So I hope that we have a, a full house here on, on Saturday at 5 o'clock. Um, I'm, I'm excited for, I mean, I say it's quite a bit. We're going to paint this town cherry. And we have an opportunity. Now, those guys will bring their contingency, which is good because it, it makes for a good event. And, you know, last year we didn't get to play because of COVID, and it was the first time that this game wasn't played since 1945, and that was because of World War II. Um, we play in 2011 – I mean, sorry, in 2001 when 9-11 happened, we were scheduled to play them that weekend. And when 9-11 happened on Tuesday, and, and that was a tragic day for our country – uh, we didn't play that game. It got moved to Thanksgiving weekend, uh, where I think that game should be played every year. But we we won that game that year. Um, we had a pretty good football team. We won 53 to nothing. And so last year was the first year this game hadn't been played since 1945. So I think it's awesome that we get to host it here in our stadium and we get the right, this rivalry going back again. Without just mentioning the rivalry, how do you keep the boys fired up? New Mexico State, uh, well, ESPN named New Mexico State number two in the bottom ten. How do you keep the guys focused? Well, they they understand that one. What have we done around here? I mean, we're we're coming off of a two and five season. 
before that, the three previous years before that were three and nine, three and nine, two and ten. And so, who are we to look past anybody? We now we won the last two games last year. We beat Houston Baptist this year. Why would New Mexico State not think they can come up here and whoop our tail? So, one, when you think that you're too good to play anybody and you're just going to show up on one, you get arrogant. When you get arrogant, you get your tail whooped. Well, we have no reason whatsoever to be arrogant. And I make sure that our guys understand the situation we're in. We're in the, the process of building a team that expects to win every single week. We're in the process of building a team that our community expects, expects us to win every single week. And when we get that expectation, all of a sudden your season tickets go from the 6,000, 7,000 we have this year to 15,000 because now 15,000 people believe in what you're doing and believe, you know what, I'm going to spend my hard-earned money because I expect to go have a good time at the stadium. So we're in no situation to think just because they're in whatever that is the, that they're no good. I mean, they're plenty good enough to beat us. And when you have a rivalry game, the emotion that plays into that game, if you give them some excitement and some, the longer they, they're – the longer teams play good, the better chance they have of whooping your tail. And they're plenty good enough to beat us. And so our boys shouldn't have any arrogancy like that at all. Coach, last week I told you my favorite Lobo is Bobby Cole. And then what you did was you put Aaron Dumas in to just put on a show. So I now have two favorite Lobos and Aaron Dumas and Bobby Cole. How excited are you for the run game against the state team? How excited are you to chew it up and chew up the clock? Well, I know our, uh, I've got a, a big challenge out to our offensive line because I've, I've told them, and I've said it publicly, and I hope that offends our, our offensive line because then they put a chip on their shoulder. But I thought we got out physical in the second half, and it doesn't matter how good your running backs are. If, if the guys up front aren't doing their job, it makes it that much harder. I mean, they can get a few yards here and there, but they're not going to get the big ones. And I thought Bobby and Aaron ran the ball re- very well on the first two series. And then we got complacent. I thought they were dancing a little bit too much in the backfield. So the fact that we challenged them, I hope they come out hungry and excited. Uh, you'll see a great dose of both of them because I think they're both really, really good backs. But a running back is only as good as his offensive line. And so if they, uh, if they come out with that chip on their shoulder and they play aggressive and physical and downhill, um, then we'll be better up front and we'll be better running the ball. How you liking your shiny new toy, Coach? What did you see out of Terry Wilson last week, and what should we expect out of him this week? You know, I, I, I think uh, as a football team, you get better between your first and second game. You show your most improvement between the first and second game, and then you should steadily improve uh, throughout the year. Uh, I thought he started off great. I mean, the 13-13 starting off for any quarterback in any system is really, really good. Um, he was really good on the sideline with our guys. His demeanor was really good. I mean, obviously that leadership and that experience that he has is really, uh, it's shown. And so I'm excited to see him now that he's a little bit more comfortable. He got the first game jitters, especially playing here and in front of our fans and, and with his new teammates. I mean, all that stuff's out the window. Now we can just play ball. So I hope uh, Terry comes in and, and continues to just get better. I thought New Mexico State, looked surprisingly good against San Diego State University. I think that Jonah Johnson is a legitimate quarterback. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, I think he threw it over 50 times against San Diego State. Is this a pin the ears back for the defense, or is this uh, take what you can against this New Mexico State offense? Oh, uh, you know, I think Jonah Johnson, I mean, he, he came from Fresno City Junior College. He has got Very a great good. presence in what they're trying to do on offense. And he gets the ball out of his hand very quick. I mean, he does a really good job of, of reading the blitz. I mean, he 
Um, there was a few times against San Diego State that they had an all-out blitz, and he was able to move the pocket just long enough to get the receivers open. So he does a really good job of understanding what's coming at him and where he needs to get the ball to. Uh, so we need to try and do a really good job of mixing it up and giving him different looks so he's not comfortable back there. And if he's comfortable back there, he's really, really dangerous, and then he's got some guys that he can throw it to that can make you miss some space. And uh, I mean, Coach Martin's uh, obviously their offensive coordinator. He's done a phenomenal job schematically. They're good. And I thought over the first two games, I mean, they, they did exactly what I talked about. From the UTEP game to the San Diego State game, they improved dramatically. And then the UTEP game, they had two calls in that first half that – uh, offensive lineman downfield on a touchdown pass right. and then a ball in the end zone that was out of bounds that if they make those two plays, it's a 2017 game at halftime instead of 20 to three in a completely different ball game. So they've got a lot of talent and they've got, I mean, they're, they're really good on offense. You and coach long having more fun this year. Now that we're mostly out of COVID, you got some fans in the stands. You could just coach. Oh, it, it's, it's outstanding to be home. One, I get to be around my wife and kids. I mean, my wife's my best friend. I love her to death, and, and she's the biggest mobile supporter fan, I mean, there is. So um, that's the, the biggest benefit. And then the second benefit is having people able to come to our games, which our kids deserve to have, is awesome. And then myself and Coach Long, we're at home where we belong. I mean, we, we both have an affinity for this place. It's very special, and we both have big-time goals for not only our, our football team, but our university and our whole community uh, in itself. You know, Coach, we like to keep it light on, on ABQ Central. We're, we're sports, but we're mostly sports adjacent. With that question, what does a game day look like for a night, like a 5 o'clock kickoff? What does a game day look like for a collegiate athlete? Is Do they have to be at the well, venue early? Can you walk us through from the time they wake up to, to the time the ball kicks off? Sure. Um, we actually bring them over on Friday afternoon so they can get through all their classes. We do some walkthroughs, and then we take them to a hotel. We have dinner. We spend the night um, so that we can meet with them. We know where they're at. They get a good night's sleep. We wake them up early in the morning. When I say early, they get up probably around 7.30. We have breakfast. We come over to the stadium. Uh, we do a walkthrough to get them any last-minute adjustments or just to refresh them, keep their legs moving, get the blood flowing a little bit. And then usually we go back to the hotel. We'll have a little bit of lunch. Um, they'll rest in their rooms and watch some college football that's on TV. And then – we come over to the stadium usually about three hours to two hours and 45 minutes before kickoff so that they can get dressed and get all their treatment, all those things. And then it's time to go play. And, and this is silly to me. And it's been this way. I mean, it's, it's been this way for probably a hundred years of football. You go out and you warm up for an hour before the game, you warm up for 30 minutes and then you go sit in a locker room for 30 minutes and wait for all the pregame festivities. And then you come out and play cold. So we try and do a shorter warm up, and then we keep them uh, stretched and fresh in the locker room. And then we come out there, and, and when we come out, all the people are there. When it's at home, they show our, our cool video that uh, our marketing department did that shows oh, so the past, good. the present, and the history. And you get going, now you kick off the, the ball, and when the ball gets kicked off, it's just a regular football game. And I don't know the gravity of this, but we have a question from the text line wondering if Nate Jones is back on the team. Uh, Nate Jones is on our roster, and that's a great question. Nate Jones – um, he has some, oh, I guess you could say get out of the, the bad boy corner uh, work to do, um, and he's doing a phenomenal job. Awesome. He did some things in the spring that uh, didn't fit with our expectation, and so we I suspended him, and he got himself. He did a good job in school academically over the summer. Um, he still has some things to do to get back in our good graces as a football team, 
and I get I left it up to the leadership of our football team of whether or not to bring him back and then how we're going to go through this process to make sure he earns his opportunity to be back in good graces with our football team. Uh, Nate Jones is a heck of a football player, and he makes ourselves better. But we do the young man a great disservice if he doesn't lead, meet our expectation and he gets to play and he gets to do all those things. So he's got to earn his way back. He's doing a great job right now. I think it's been a really good lesson for him. He is a part of our football team, and I hope he's a part of our football team for the future because he's a great football player that will help us be a better football team. Love that. I'm crazy about that. Given a kid an opportunity to do the right thing, they will do the right thing. Like I'm, like I'm convinced. Oh, I agree. I'm 100 convinced. I mean, of I, that. I believe in second chances. I don't believe in third chances. Coach, thank you so very much for your time tonight. Kickoff is at five o'clock. You're, I expect the fans to be out early. To your understanding, um, aside from obviously the big rivalry game and the matchup, that tailgate is it? Is there an Aggie section? Is there a UNM section? Can I just can I walk anywhere, Coach? Like, what is what is the energy that's most exciting to you before the game even starts? Well, you know what? When we rolled up last week and there was the, the 12 RVs that I counted for the morning walkthrough, that's kind of the atmosphere we want. I expect there to be more tomorrow. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, this weekend. But I hope the Aggie contingency comes on up here because that's what a rivalry is about. Two teams that really don't like each other getting out there and battling it out on the field. I mean, that's awesome. That's, that's, I, don't, I, don't, I said it. I don't like them, and that's fine. They don't like us. I hope they don't because if they do, that's not a rivalry. Ooh. And really, this thing will start on Thursday night. Come on out to Revel to our radio show, which is on 770, your yep. sister station. That'll start Thursday night. Fill up uh, Revel Sports Bar, the draft day sports bar down there. And let's have a great time starting at Thursday and take this thing all the way through the game on Saturday. All right, we're going to be talking NFL in the 6 o'clock hour. Let's hear Coach Gonzalez's Super Bowl predictions. Who oh, you got? Good idea. Well, you know what? I, I mean – I'm going to be a homer now because I'm a big-time Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh, so they played them on Thursday night against the Buccaneers. And I, I, I mean, I admire what Tom Brady has been able to do in his entire career and what he did as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer this last year. I mean, taking him to a Super Bowl. Uh, Coach Arians is a friend of mine. I've met him through, Coach, uh, through Herm Edwards, and I was so proud and happy for them. Uh, I, I really think they've got a great football team coming back. So I think there's gonna, it's going to be a hard time for anybody to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again. Uh, I think they have an opportunity, uh, a great opportunity to win another Super Bowl, and it would just just cement Tom Brady's legacy. Coach G is one of them boys. I love it. Coach, thank you so much for your time tonight. We're very excited for this weekend. Best of luck to you for a big win in the big rivalry matchup. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm on a mission to paint this town cherry, so let's get everybody to show up to University Stadium on Saturday night. Let's have a whole bunch of fun and go Lobos. Hey, we'll be there, Coach. Appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. What a good dude. What a good dude. It's a good interview. There's there's a love for football that I'm going to tell you, in my professional career here, I had not felt. Sure. Before now. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Let's grab a break. When we get back, I, 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 I got to stay in the game a little bit more. I'm just jazzed. Okay. A little more UNM talk when we get back. It's ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Oh, I like that song. Thought you knew what it was. Father John Misty? Who is this? Fits in the Tantrums. Oh, Fits in the Tantrums. Yeah, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a completely different song. I thought you'd like it. Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Vital. What do the numbers 72... 33 and 5 mean to you.
uh, total points. Um, I want to say point spread for the 23 <laughs> and the five. I have absolutely no idea. That is all-time wins, losses, and ties for the Lobos. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I was thinking of betting line. <laughs> the Lobos have dominated if you want this air quotes rivalry. New Mexico State had a good run in like the late aughts. Three wins in a row, a couple close games, but it's been mostly Lobos, and it should be mostly Lobos. On the phone line, talking Lobos is Tommy. What's going on, Tommy? Hey, what's up, guys? Tommy, the truth back at you. I'll talk a little Lobos. I, I think in the game, and this is going to shock you guys, I haven't been to a game. I've been here four or five years because I work so much, but I'm thinking of going Saturday, probably the perfect time to go, correct? Yeah, best game of the year. Never been to it. I'm thinking about it. Um, I think with that, what they need to do from what I saw last week, just keep throwing. Like I said, throw the football. You can't throw it anymore. you got this kid for a year, and then he's gone. I know they want to establish the run, but that's basically the reality of college and pro sports. In NFL, it's pretty much all passing now. It's a passing league. That's why if your kid's going to college, you probably shouldn't play running back because in the NFL, they don't even value the running backs like they used to. It's all passing. So I think it should pass until they can't. Uh, I think it's going to be a more competition, of course. It's an in-state rivalry game. And you just said, you know, the Nobles are pretty much dominated with 72 wins, I think, 71 wins. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and pick the Lobos 35-21. to 21, And I just think you should light it up with this kid and just let him let him go out there and have fun to throw that ball until they can't throw it. Then they have to start using the run or play action pass. And then uh, pro game, I'm going to pick 31 35 to 20, I, even though I love my Cowboys, I don't think they'll beat Tampa Bay. That's one of the games I picked them to lose on their schedule going uh, 11 and 6. Um, I, I want them to be competitive. If they get blown out by Tampa Bay, that's going to tell me a lot of bad things about the Cowboys. If they lose, it has to be somewhat competitive to tell me that they're at least a good to great team. If they get just killed, I'm going to have a lot of questions, and I'm really going to watch their their defense really close this game to see if it's improved from last year. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to score I just want to see if we can hold anybody down. Um, how much are the tickets? Tickets aren't very much to go to the game, right? I think uh, Victory Vital said they're like ten bucks. Yeah, they, I think I believe they start at ten and and go up a little higher. But it's totally worth your time. You've been here for what you say four years, and uh, four years. you've never been to a game, especially the Rio Grande rivalry. Right. I would highly recommend right. that you go to the game. And hey. Look for me and Fred at the tailgate. I'll be the tall one. I'll be the tallest one. Hey, I had a, I had a question too, guys. On Saturday, you guys were on Saturday. I sent some videos to you guys. Did you guys see them on the line? I did. Check I checked them out. We sure did. What you think? I mean, first of all, it was the world of talent there. That's the thing I would always say first and foremost. And then, yeah, I was yeah, actually. I, miss it. I went. I went to yeah. see. Uh, actually, connect with me on the. Uh, let's text after this because I want to talk to you about something off the air. But no, it totally reminded me of sure. something. But yeah, let's make sure we connect. Absolutely, guys. Hey, thanks for the call, Tommy. We'll see you guys. All right. What a good dude. I think Tommy is super close on the UNM game. I think there's going to be a little more of a spread. Tommy said 35-21. I think it's going to be 17, the 20-point victory. UNM's going to go up early. Terry Wilson's going to do whatever he wants. Oh, he's so talented. And then they're just going to ram the ball down their throat with their three-headed monster running back. Yeah, I, th I think he's exactly right on the Tampa Cowboy game. I didn't hear his prediction. I walked in just I think a second it's 30, late. 30, 35, 20. 
I think it's going to be about like that. Yeah, I, I think, think the Bucks are going to dominate all game. We'll yes. talk more about this later. Obviously, we'll, we'll, whenever we're catching up with Coach Kent, because we're going to talk about it a little bit more after we hit on the Gladiators at 530. That Jonah Johnson, though, I'm, I'm dead serious. The New Mexico State quarterback, did you watch at all the San Diego State stuff? Yeah, I mean, Doug Martin's offense, it's called the air raid. Like, they're going to throw it 50, 60 times. It's like, it's like the second coming of, of Don Coriel. Like, it's they're not afraid. Don Corleone? Offensive corner? No? Is that not right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The uh but yeah, no, they yeah, all they do is sling it. And obviously with it, like in San Diego State pulled away in the third quarter against New Mexico State. So in the first half that was like, why are they in the mix? Yeah. Like my understanding is New Mexico State sucks. They were not sucking until San Diego State did that. ESPN thing. says they suck. Well, I mean in the college rankings say they suck. Me saying we Lobo fan says they suck. They must suck, right? Unless Marty right now is saying that they don't. Welcome to the show, friend of the show, Marty. Marty, how are you? Hey, guys. Always enjoy you on uh, the Saturday show there. Oh, thank you. So now I know where to call in the, in the, uh, the afternoons during the week. I don't see it as a complete global domination. Um, I was not overly impressed with what I saw against an FCS or CBS or whatever school they played. I just was not impressed at all. I think the offensive line is smallish. I thought they got pushed around a little bit by D, D2 players. I, I just was not impressed, and I, I overly, overly was not impressed with the play calling. Um, just this insistence to, to establish the running game, I didn't get that when, you know, the first couple of scoring drives, I felt like, man, you could just, you know, this kid, Wilson, he can have 400 yards easily by halftime, but. I just didn't feel the coaching staff really took advantage of that. And then as the uh, Houston Baptist defense got more confidence, I thought they pushed the Lobos around a little bit. Um, and if not for – and actually was sitting next to the dad of the kid that dropped the ball from Houston, number 10, the running back. I was sitting right next to him when we were talking. He drove all the way from Los Angeles to watch his kid. And uh, it was a disappointing uh, situ- uh, sequence there, but – if not for that, they, they had the ball to tie the game. So, you know, all this talk about we're going to kill the Aggies, I thought the Aggies came out and looked pretty darn good against San Diego State. Um, so I think it's going to be a closer game. I think it's going to go down a field goal. I really believe it. I think it's going to be whoever has the ball last. A lot of these games have gone down like that over the last five years. So, again, I'm not overly impressed with the Lobos. I was not overly impressed with the coaching staff and certainly not impressed with the offensive line. I think they've got a lot of work to do. I think they got to plug in some different guys. Right tackle needs a lot of work. And uh, as far as my Cowboys, I'm going to call it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the upset. Cowboys no, win it. No. 31-27. They rough up Brady a little bit. They get some turnovers. And look out for Micah Parsons. That's going to be your Lawrence Taylor in 2021. That's my prediction. Micah Parsons. That, that's going to be a household name right there. Hey, thanks for the call, Marty. That's some good analysis. And, Marty, if you would have been listening to our game preview, and I see the smile on your face, Fred. I know you want to bash a linebacker right I now. I hate linebackers. <laughs> if you'd have been listening to our uh, pregame analysis for Houston Baptist and UNM, you would have known your boy Van got it exactly right. You did. To get 
that it would have been a closer game than everyone's predicting, and it would have been a lower scoring game than everyone's predicting. And my reasoning was that Coach G did want to, in fact, establish a run and did want to test his defense and let him bend and break to see what he's really dealing with. We, we, I think they're really going to open it up on the Aggies this week. I mean, because it's a rivalry game. That's how I feel. Everybody's going to try their hardest, and all the playbook's going to be wide open now. And I've said this before. My favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla. And my least favorite flavor of playbook is vanilla. Sure. And that's what the Lobos did against Houston Baptist. You were, you were seeing nothing from that playbook. That is, that is as simple as it gets. And we were talking about right – Marty was talking about right tackle. When you've got to keep guys in the block, when you've got to keep running backs in, when you've got, got to put a tight end on the line, when you have to do those little things to help with it, you're not going to get the example for the class that you want as far as how your offense can go. Uh, Marty, I know you'll be there this weekend, and when you're there um, – I think it's going to open up a bit. And by the way, you might be chasing some points if Jonah Johnson is on like he was against San Diego State. If you think it's a field goal game, you should definitely buy some points and bet for Aggies and the points because it's, what, 18 and a half right now? Also, I'm obsessed with gambling now. It's my it's my new favorite thing again. Oh, because gambling's finally cool and accepted by everybody, so now you're the, you're the front runner who's going to jump on board now? Is that you, how it goes? You know me well. <laughs> Friends of the show are, get to, are going to be able to know Coach Robert Kent very well after the break. Stoke. We're going to talk about Gladiators football. Um, they had a tough loss this weekend and did the playoff run, but we're going to talk about what the team is and how it's exciting, and it's our favorite thing in town. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. The thing I enjoy most about the afternoon show as opposed to the weekend show is you can make like daytime into business – like phone calls last minute like we did to coach Robert Kent and say, I'm still so mad from the football game on Sunday. I don't want to wait till Saturday. Please come in immediately and let's talk about it. Coach? Yes, sir. Your gladiators took a tough L against the Arizona Rattlers, and I believe you were cheated, and I believe the league hates you, and the league hates me. How do you feel about that analysis? <laughs> um. Everybody is uh, opinion is valued. Oh gosh! Everybody's opinion is valued, and I I have to go. I have to be professional, but also political. It was wrong. You never want the referees to dictate a game, and referees. That's one saying that they always say. But we don't want the games to be in our hands. We want it to be in the players' hands. But our players made a play. The referee took it back from us. If you did not see the highlights, sorry to cut you off, man. Okay. If you did not see the highlights or if you did not watch the YouTube stream on the IFL YouTube, Delo Davis returns the kick with 13 seconds. Is that right? 13 seconds. 13 seconds left. He returns the kick. Uh, how long is an indoor football field? Uh, 50 yards. 50 yards. Mm -hmm. So he returns it 40 yards. There's a loose ball. Mm -hmm. He caught, I mean, <coughs> it mm -hmm. came out, but you recover on the one. On the one. With eight seconds left. Is that right? Uh, seven seconds. Seven seven. seconds left. Xavier Amy. Runs across. Runs across. Like he does every game. 97% of the time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then the surest hands I've ever seen in a human being, Jared Elmore, mm -hmm. runs to the back of the end zone, where should be MVP of the league, Nate Davis, throws the best pass in the history of all passes. <laughs> to win the game. To win the game mm -hmm. on the enemy field mm -hmm. against those loser Arizona Rattlers. And the official said Xavier Amy, who is a second-team All-Pro, mm -hmm. after your first-team All-Pro quarterback threw the winning touchdown pass to your first-team All-Pro wide receiver, he said that those three guys cheated. 
yes. I lost it, coach. And, I lost and it. The thing that really is a bummer, the guy who supposedly that he picked or ran into, didn't even, we didn't throw the ball to that guy. No. That I mean, he was wide open, didn't even look at him. We threw it to somebody who was covered but has hands that, you know, that, that Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice, has hands that you, you would throw the ball to and you know the ball is going to be caught. Yes. And They're bigger he, than a football. He catches the ball. And we're all smiling until we look on the field and we see a yellow piece of cloth and our hearts drop to our shoes. You let players make plays, especially in that type of situation. You know you have to go for it. You know time's running out. Yes. It's not like he grabbed him by the face mask and drove him down. He didn't Mm-mm. grab him by the jersey and Mm-mm. throw him. It wasn't blatant. It didn't do it on purpose. And within the confines of the rules, within the confines of the pick play, to me, it looked completely legal. Is and that the way you saw it? trying to avoid the guy. I think the guy just like, like sidestepped, yeah. right? Like literally sidestepped. He yeah. did a dance move to avoid the guy, ran into his own guy, and we get the penalty. Oh, gosh. I was beyond frustrated. Um, everything that happened after that was an unfortunate series of events as far as missing the field goal. Um, how hard is it, Coach, when you're in a – how long have you been coaching? Uh, this is actually my first year head coaching professionally. There you go. I've been a junior high coach. I've been um, high school intern. So this is actually my first stint. Many years leading men, though. Yes. I've been a quarterback for 15-plus years. Ooh, <laughs> so. How tough is it after you feel that you were literally cheated to to be able to get like a like a core group of players to say, you got it, here's the next one? Because obviously we missed the kick. And by we, I feel like I'm I'm a fan at this moment. Yes. When we missed the kick. That's the factor on why you miss it, though, right? Because it's mentally speaking, that's as hard as anything is. Uh, yes. Uh, the thing is, is being able to go back in there and looking those guys in the face and just letting them know that they did a great job. They played yeah. until the end. You know, the same kicker who missed the field goal made the winning kick right. first a couple of weeks ago in Tucson. So I had every confidence in the guy that he could go out there and make the play, make the kick. You know, sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce our way, and that was just one of those times, even though – we shouldn't have been in that situation. Right. You still have to live with what the decision that was made. We don't want to beat this into the ground no. too much, give you PTSD from what you guys just went through, because the boys had a great year. We, That's we, true. Uh, we want to talk more about this later, but can you talk a little bit about two games ago, mm-hmm. one of the most amazing finishes to a football game I've ever seen, mm-hmm. to last week, one of the most disgusting endings to a football game. So you went from the high of – the Dello Davis RPO to the Elmore touchdown I got pulled back. Like how do you how do you talk to the boys in between those two situations? Um just let them know that they did a great job, man. Just to to go from where we came from at the beginning of the year where everyone wrote us off. You know, Duke City Gladiators, they're laughing stock. Why are they in the IFL? They belong in a they in the CIF where they just came from. Mm-hmm. They can win championships there. But everybody everybody gave us, you know, just gave us a thumbs down that we wouldn't be able to compete. But for us to go in there and just the intestinal fortitude to continue to, to, regardless of what the outside people were saying, to just continue to play football. And that's the only thing I kept instilling in the guys. The guys, you have an opportunity to do something special. Let's just go out there and play football. All the outside noise, all the outside haters, everybody who has their own opinion, who does not know what's happening on the inside of this circle, hey, we still have something that we can go do, and that's special. And, uh, man, we were <laughs> three points away from doing it. The IFL knows you're here. Oh, the iPhone definitely knows we're here. I think the world knows we're here now. I tell you what, though. 
like because i and you know i'm from st louis missouri originally and i i i used to work for the billings outlaws a million years ago doing stuff and like people will connect with me and say do you see this you know about this and i do because i'm currently living (laughs) as close to it as humanly possible yes uh the team on the field is as good as can be the ownership group i love the production on the broadcast is the best in the league if you ask me yes it is that's my opinion when's the league start again when's next season um well we hadn't had meetings yet to actually give us the date that's in stone as far as we're going to kick off but around march okay when things are going to start you know getting into motion as far as the league moving but as far as guys coming to training camp it should be around february they're gonna be the same squad um we're gonna bring back some of those guys yeah Uh, not all of them because we're gonna try to fill some missing pieces that we felt that we needed to fill this year uh but everyone deserves opportunity to come back and play some football and uh i'm a big believer in the best player plays if Albuquerque and Rio Rancho did not watch you guys play this year, they are missing out. Oh, my gosh. You no. should get out there and support the guys next year. First season in the IFL, yes. not only do you get into the playoffs, you win a playoff game, and even though you're cheated, you took the best team in the league down to the final wire. Yes. That's a very impressive run. They didn't expect to win that game. That's correct. Yeah. Can you tell – sports fan in Albuquerque why you need to get behind Duke City Gladiators and why you need to support them going forward if you are a sports fan whether it's soccer baseball football tennis golf hockey the Duke City Gladiators it's it's just a a environment of fun feel atmosphere it is football enclosed in a a ice hockey arena where there are walls that they run into if the football goes in the stands you get to keep a football Uh, there are also events where kids get to come on the field to put on pads put on helmets run with pizza boxes I mean there's so many different things that happens at the games that it's not just a football game it's an event that's it's so funny bringing that up because that's the thing I always talk about with it is you have every snap which is insanely exciting and then between every snap there's entertainment there's stuff going on and I know you're coaching you're busy are you able to ever catch like a glimpse of like Vernon Coons uh, yes, I do. He is so <laughs> funny to me. Yes, he, the hype guy for the Gladiators, if you're not familiar, and I don't know if he does other stuff outside of this, like mm-hmm. find him on Instagram, find him or wherever, reach out to him because he's a guy who's insanely entertaining. But you guys have nonstop entertainment from the opening kickoff, well, pre-opening kickoff to the very end of the game and then post-game. Your players are available for autographs and signings and you just yeah. go down to the field and hang out? Just come and hang out. That, and that's one thing that a rent game also brings. And I tell people, it's family friendly. You can come down and take pictures with the players, yeah. have autographs with the players. These are players that you've watched on TV, but now you can actually reach out and touch them and actually have that that personal experience with these athletes. So if you've never been, like I said, never been to a Duke City Gladiators games, you are truly missing out on something that, everybody's going to be excited about the one thing I would say before we go to break and we'll come back and talk a little bit more football with coach Kent after this um Nate Davis the quarterback yes sir we're we're at a press conference one time Van and I were talking we're talking about the team and the future with the team and Nate Davis says I live in Albuquerque now I moved here for this yes this is my home yes it is that is the level of commitment that there is to this yes and I just think that's important to communicate to the the friends of the show is this is a thing that's not just here and here and really good. It's a thing that's going to be here for as, for as long as possible. So, oh. yeah, a world of excitement. Hey, I'm excited. <laughs> Let's grab a break, Coach, and when we get back, uh, a little bit more Gladiator talk, do some NFL talk. Uh, we're having a lot of fun today. A lot of interviews. It's been loose, but we're enjoying it. It's ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Right. Back on the program, Coach Robert Kent is joining us, head coach of the Duke City Gladiators, which is my favorite arena football team in town. 
You got I gotta throw that in there for the uh, gladiators. That's that's an inside thing, and uh, if they're listening, they they know. They know. <laughs> nice. The the friends of the show that listen to us, coach. They uh, we're not gonna break down balls and strikes. We're not gonna. We're not those guys. Yeah. But we're the guys who are gonna introduce the personalities and the individuals in town who are associated not just with sports but with sports adjacent ideas and concepts to them and we talk a little bit about it so you said you're in your first year and before this your entire professional career was in what like academics or all right where's your experience before this uh before head coaching yeah i was a teacher okay actually been a um, elementary school math teacher oh we uh also been a junior high physical education teacher you know i don't know if you know van but a square plus b square i actually forgot the rest coach <laughs> uh, Physical education. <laughs> so long time in the classroom, and then and then you thought, well, I I gotta follow that pursuit of football, and and you did it for what reasons? What was your motivation behind that? Um, I actually been coaching football uh, in junior high. Like I said, did a little stint uh, in high school, and just the the love of the game and the love to give back to the kids. That that was one of my biggest things of of giving back. I know my my opportunities were limited because I was in a small town. I'm uh, from Indianola, Mississippi, actually home of BB King. So it was a big sports town. We're a big blues town, but yeah. we're a big sports town. And uh, so I didn't really get a chance to start playing football until I was in junior high. So there was no flag. There was no, you know, no, no, I guess, intermediate football. There was no, I mean, nothing that I can do to hone my skills. It was just whatever season it was, that was sport I was playing. So my biggest thing is to try to give back to as many kids as possible. And then with the athletes that we have, some of these guys are still young guys, and they still have opportunity to move up to the next level. So if I can instill in them or give them something that I didn't get to get them to where they want to be, hey, I feel great. So you used to toss the ball around, huh? Uh, a little bit. Yeah? A little bit. Just like, I see them hands, man. If I had hands like that, I'd probably be in the NFL right now. You say that about every deficiency that you have. <laughs> if, I had, if I had bigger hands and better knees and I was taller uh-huh. and faster mm-hmm. and, like, actual physical ability – I think I would have made it. <laughs> you don't say? <laughs> so when, when did you decide to hang them up and go into coaching? Um, literally this couple of months ago. When's the last time you threw a football in a competitive game? Uh, June the 20th, 19th, 6th. I'm not absolutely sure of the date. Yeah. I just finished playing football in the AAA or the American Arena League. Yeah. I uh, played for the North Texas Bulls, and we won a championship. And you said, that's it. Hang them up. <laughs> Honestly, to come back, because here in 2019, I was a quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators, and we yeah. won a championship in the CIF. But I ended up tearing uh, my meniscus, my ACL, and my PCL before halftime. We won the game. And my thought process, if Alex Smith can come back from literally losing a leg and play in the NFL, I can come back from these injuries and go out here and play at a high level and I was blessed with the opportunity to go out there and play again. We won a championship, and I was just hoping to take the team as a coach to a championship, something that I'm not sure if anybody's ever done before. Here's what I just heard, Van. Here's what I just heard. I won a championship, then I won another championship. I won a third championship after that, and I didn't win one this year, and I'm super mad because this is the first time in four years or five years I haven't won a championship. Is that what I just heard, Coach? That may be it. <laughs> that may be it. Coach, we were uh, talking about what you're going to do in the offseason for the Gladiators. You are available around the community. You're, you're here now. I'm definitely available around the community. I love going to schools, love coming to businesses, to, I mean, to talk, to be personal, to let people understand and let them know that, hey, we're, we're the Gladiators. We're here to stay, and we want to be a part of the community and let the community know that we're here to help. What's the best place for updates, news, anything that's going on with the team? If, if I wanted 
to start now becoming a fan of the Gladiators, where would be the place I would go first? I'd definitely go to the Duke City Gladiators website, but there's also a Twitter feed where we get a lot of information out there through Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, like today, we were at the Hispanic Heritage um, down in Old Town yep. today, and uh, it was a great event. You know, just to be able to go out there and uh, represent the the team and represent ourselves as far as being a part of the community. It was just something that we were excited about, you know, going down there and, and helping out as much as possible. Love that. When you were the championship quarterback, was Albuquerque home? Because now that your coach, Albuquerque's home. Yes. We used to travel back and forth. Uh, yes, I am actually from Dallas. So it's uh, about a 10-hour drive. Okay. Well, how's Albuquerque treating you now? No complaints, man. I, I don't do too much. The food is great. I had to get used to uh, Christmas. I had no idea what Christmas was. Same. I'm yeah. still figuring it out. Like, what are you asking me, lady? I asked for a burrito. <laughs> I said, Can I get some salsa? She's like, red or green? I'm like, duh, you tell me what you want to get. Because I don't want the stuff to burn my mouth. I just want some good salsa. So I, I'm glad that you can at least handle it. Uh-huh. Fre- Fred can't. He can't. No, I can't do it. Fred can't even <laughs> eat cinnamon gum. <laughs> it's super. Are you talking about Big Red? No Big Red. No Big That's Red. Too hot. <laughs> what right. about the Trident cinnamon? It's, it's not that bad. I'm not going to try it to even be able to tell you, but uh. Trident. <laughs> so it, I just want to make sure I got this right. So Nate Davis is the best quarterback in the history of the Duke City Gladiators. Uh, Nate Davis is the best quarterback in the IFL. Yes. Mm-hmm. The second best quarterback in the history of the Duke City Gladiators is Tim Keller. <laughs> and then it's it's Robert Kent. Is that right? Did I get that right? Hey, listen. Right now, I am the best coach <laughs> of the Duke City Gladiators <laughs> in the high area. <laughs> if you're not familiar with that friend of the show, uh, Mayor Tim Keller. Mayor Tim Keller has played quarterback for the Duke City Gladiators. Yes, he has. which I just love. I he love can still sling about. it, man. Dude, yeah, he can sling it. I was yeah. very surprised. I love the intimacy of the Rio Rancho Event Center. I loved how hospitable they were to you. I love the fan base that was out there. But you know from playing, when you were playing with the CFL, a uh, smaller fan base that seemed to be in attendance from when you were at Tingley. Uh, yes, I think it's the, the distance. Yeah. It may be the driving thing. And sometimes when you're at football games, you like to enjoy yourself. And that long drive is not as nice to you as a five-minute drive compared to a 20-, 30-minute drive. But I just want to say thank you to all the fans that showed up, man, the fans that came out and supported us. There were thousands. I mean, thousands. Yeah. And, that, that whiteout game where it was one of the biggest games of the season where yeah. we played against Spokane and we got the victory. It was the loudest that I've ever heard the real rent. And the thing is, I've actually played at the Real Ranch Event Center when it was the New Mexico Stars. So I've okay. had experience there before and man, it was it was loud. The the thing I thought about the event center, which was far superior to Tingley, was the tailgate. Oh. The tailgate at the event center had become like a one-upsmanship of partying. <laughs> I can't take about, talk about a tailgate. I was focused on the football. Yeah, well, <laughs> you take our word for it because we would know. Uh, we would be underserved if we didn't mention my favorite thing about the Duke City Gladiators, which is Sebastian Noel. I just everything he produces, him doing the broadcast, world of fun. Uh, Coach, thank you so very much for your time. We're going to catch up with Bob Nightingale after this and talk Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So very exciting. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. And this ball is lifted in the air to left and deep. It is back. It is gone. A home run. Pujols returns to St. Louis and hits a home run and gets the Dodgers on the board. It's one to nothing. Back on the program. Thank you to Dodgers Radio Network for that. We're welcoming to the show, Bob Nightingale. Bob, how are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Bob, you know I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. You know I have a love-hate relationship with Albert Pujols, and I hate how much he gives me goosebumps. 
I just hate it so much. Yeah, especially guy in the. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him uh, back with the Cardinals next year. He's going to be playing for somebody. He's too close to 700 to uh, to call it a career. I, I'm I'm literally running around the studio telling people that Albert Pujols will be a Cardinal next year, and no one cares to listen. So that is a shame. <laughs> um, yeah, they went to DH out of the National, you know, DH the National League. It leaves a uh, leaves an opening for sure, and uh, yeah, you know, great story book finish. I would love that so much. Obviously, Bob, we are calling you because uh, it's literally the most like awaited ever Hall of Fame class, like the longest wait ever. Um, but headline, but what I would argue uh, should be the logo of Major League Baseball, which is Derek Jeter. Uh, you covered the Hall of Fame induction today for the 2020 class. Uh, can you just kind of give your highlights, if you would, Bob? Just kind of talk about how enjoyable it was and how special it was and then what your takeaway was. Yeah, just a uh, – I mean, certainly – the speech by uh, Ted Simmons was was fabulous. Thanking the right people, talking about what Marvin Miller meant to him and uh, Kurt Flood, Andy Messersmith, Catfish Hunter, those guys, and uh, yeah, just a nice, eloquent speech. And then uh, Jeter, you know, just a uh, you know a typical Jeter, hit the right notes. Uh, talked about you know everything about growing up in Kalamazoo, to his family, and to what it meant for him to be a uh, a shortstop for the Yankees and, and winning more than anybody else. So, but, you know, the fans came to see Jeter. I mean, uh, you know, it's too bad, uh, you know, what's going on, or else it would have set an all-time record. I mean, it would have been over 100,000 fans there instead of somewhere between fifteen and 20,000. So 99.7% of possible votes. Did Derek Jeter have anything to say for that one single solitary person who didn't vote for him? Yeah. <laughs> He had fun with it for sure. Just say, so, you know, want to thank all the voters except for one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, knowing that it, that he missed uh, missed out by one vote, and you know, the person never came public. He probably never will. I mean, just like I think three or four voters that didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. You know, those people will never, uh, you know, never come out. But yeah, he he did have fun with that. And he, but he said he remembers the critics. He remembers people who doubted him and everything else. So, what in your mind could lead? a baseball writer to not vote for Derek Jeter. Yeah. And it could be something, a, uh, you know, a personal interaction to care for his uh, wife. Right? That, I mean, yeah, the writer's wife that like they, has a crush on him. That's you know, the only thing, that, right? Yeah. The one they thought maybe nobody should be a hundred percent. You know, that, uh, you know, people think that, you know, and it wasn't a hundred percent guy either before Mariano. So it's not, you know, unprecedented. I mean, wasn't hundred percent with Babe Ruth either. So but just uh you know, now <laughs> now it's become a big issue. In his tenth year, Larry Walker, uh well I'm gonna refer to as St. Louis Cardinal Larry Walker, because I think that's how most people do. Uh Larry Walker made it into the Hall of Fame. Do you know if that had weighed on him at all towards the the latter years of eligibility? Oh it did. And he wasn't close. I mean he made the uh the biggest comeback I think in, in Hall of Fame voting history. Like 20%, I mean, he right? Way, he was, yeah, way down. Yeah, 20%. And then uh, he was even having fun on social media, doing a hashtag. Hey, uh, let me join Fergie. You know, let me, you know, <laughs> let's go, and, you know, let me be with him for Ferguson Jenkins and that sort of thing. So, you know, the course field thing, you know, hurt Walker a lot. Uh, injuries hurt him a lot. You know, he's only averaging about 120, you know, games a year. So, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was, you know, dramatic comeback. You know, it should 
it should help a guy like Todd Helton who played, you know, his home games at Coors Field too. You know, we'll see. You you mentioned Ted Simmons' speech, and he mentioned um, Marvin Miller and Kurt Flood. Can you unpackage to the listener why that's so important and that's why that's so relevant to the history of baseball? Well, it was just, you know, in back in those days, you'd give a guy whatever salary you want, you're stuck in the team forever. And it was, uh, you know, Kurt Flood that challenged the clause. He lost. Uh, Captain Sonner won. He became the first free agent and had a you know, big bidding war for him. Uh, and he's, Master Smith challenged the reserve clause, too. And, uh, you know, the, the leader, of course, is Marvin Miller, the first union chief. He brought those players out of the dark ages. I mean, even Nolan Ryan, you know, was talking about how he used to have to work at a gas station during the winter just to make ends meet. Uh, you know, guys weren't making money. Uh, Nolan Ryan wound up becoming the first million-dollar player. And so just, yeah, Marvin Miller you know, just led a, uh, you know, led the players of the dark ages and became the strongest union in the country. Bringing it back to Derek Jeter, because I think all things Major League Baseball should be brought back to Derek Jeter. His career post-playing in Major League Baseball, is it going to stay in the ownership role? Is he somehow going to manage all of baseball down the road? Like, he, to me, just seems like a guy that baseball is better with, and how can he be incorporated more? No, I think he'll stick with the uh, Marlins. I mean, you know, unless something happens, he's so, you know, gets out of that group and joins another ownership group. Right. But I, I think he's content to stay put. Uh, hey, teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, you know, the big boys, those, those teams don't come available. So he jumped on the first team that was. You know, just as a small investment, I think, uh, you know, $25 million investment in, into the thing. And, uh, you know, but he, he wants to make it work. You know, he wants to turn that franchise around and make it a, a consistent winner. Because uh, if you're not winning in Miami, you know, no one's going to show up there. But he's found out. So, Bob, I turn 40 next year. So I can kind of sum up my childhood to teenage baseball fandom as Bash Brothers to the home run chase. That's obviously a giant asterisk next to it. Now that Jeter's in and a few no-brainers are in, is it time to let these steroid guys in? And do you feel the tide turning for these guys? I don't. Uh, you know, the one thing is Jeter was, you know, involved in steroid use, but he was never, you know, suspicious, any suspicions. And uh, I'd be shocked if, you know, it was ever any evidence that he was. No, we only have one more year left for uh, Bonds or, and uh, and Roger Clemens. If those guys don't get in, no one's going to get in. I mean, you know, Bonds, you can argue, you know, one of the greatest players uh, who, ever, who ever played. I mean, the greatest since they uh, – says Babe Ruth. You know, Roger Clemens, one of the greatest right-handed hitters, I mean, pitchers ever. So they have one more year. They're at 60%. Uh, I don't see him making that leap. And, uh, yeah, if they're not in, we're not going to see anybody else ever in either. So and that's that's a shame of it. I mean, I, I vote for those guys. I voted for steroid guys in the past. You know, steroid guys in the Hall of Fame. Now, I don't vote for the guys who were uh, suspended for steroid use because they hurt, you know, they hurt their teams. You know, when there's a Alex Rodriguez missing the entire season with the Yankees, you know, Manny Ramirez being popped three times. Uh, but guys like, you know, Barnes and Clemens, and, you know, all they did was help their teams win. And it was just, you know, it used to be the wild, wild west in baseball. You know, so many guys were doing stuff. So, like, the difference for me is guys like Bonds and Clemens, 
they had Hall of Fame careers before their jaws doubled in size. Like, can you make that case? I mean, it could. Uh, you know, some guys do, a lot don't. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I think it's, you know, it's almost like the sticky ball situation where some guys like Trevor Bauer would say, okay, if you want to see what I can do when I cheat, I'll show you. He won the Cy Young Award. Barry Bond says, hey, you think Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa are good? Let me show you what I can do when I use this stuff. So, yeah, I'm not sure Clemens was a Hall of Fame before, beforehand. His career might have been a little bit short. Obviously, uh, you know, once he left Boston, you know, won two Cy Youngs in, uh, in Toronto and went off from there. So, but, yeah, it, I mean, it's a shame. I mean, you talk to different Hall of Famers, the probably the thing that hurt Bonds the most is he broke the most, you know, Hall records. You know, when he uh, broke Hank Aaron's record, I think it upset people. I think if it was just a good player, a good all-around player, you know, that wasn't breaking records, you know, he, he would have been in. You know, because uh, yeah, I think we've elected five or six steroid guys in the past, you know, five or six years. We've had on the program a friend of the show, Howard Balzer, who writes for Sports Illustrated, and he has a Hall of Fame vote for the NFL. And, and the way he explains it is you have to present for certain players, and then there's a vote among all the voters. For Major League Baseball, because you're a Hall of Fame voter, Bob, for Major League Baseball, is it similar with the presentation style? Is it similar with how people are petitioned to vote? Or is it, is it from my understanding, just a list that's handed out? Yeah, just a list, completely different. There's no uh, you know, recommendations, things like that. A little bit different than Veterans Committee with executives and guys who got passed up, you know, whether it's a Jack Morris or you know, Alan Trammell, you know, in this case, you know, a, a Ted Simmons. That's a little bit different because you're only talking about 16 voters. But, yeah, baseball is just, you know, shows up on a list and then, you know, you, you check them off and that's it. You know, and they, uh, you know, no real, you know, there's some campaigning by the clubs. There's some, you know, campaigning just by, you know, different writers or guys involved with analytics, but that's it. You know, um, uh, you know, I think it's a travesty that Fred McGriff's on the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I believe again by the Veterans Committee, but you know, there was no one really, you know, campaigning for him, uh, you know, since he played for different teams. Looking forward to next year, do you think there's any no-brainers coming up next year like Jeter? No, there's not. There really isn't. Uh, you know, the closest would be a David Ortiz. You know, his name surfaced at the New York Times report about, you know, testing positive uh, when, the, when the testing was anonymous. You know, who knows whether it's a false positive or not. And he would come the closest and I don't think anybody else. I mean, Omar Vizcale, you know, was a, uh, you know, that stuff surfaced with him, uh, you know, with the, uh, sexual allegations. Uh, Kurt Schilling, I think, is, you know, kind of talked his way out of it. He'd be the, you know, he'd be the closest anybody gets in. And, yeah, that's it. I don't see any, anybody else in the ballot. They really don't. Uh, so you know, Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez has been in the ballot, but, uh, you know, he's not going to get in. Yeah, it seems like everyone on the ballot has either been proven or has rumors or was in that one report, except for my dude. I'm from Houston. I'm still an Astros fan. You better fan. say Jeff Kent. Billy Wagner. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think Billy Wagner was the second best reliever of his generation besides Mariano Rivera. Like, how? what's the argument of Billy not being in the hall? You know, just not having enough saves. You know, he wasn't a, uh, he wasn't a Trevor Hoffman, you know. Often had what six hundred saves too, that sort of thing. I mean, John Franco, uh, most saves by a left-hand, you know, reliever. He's on the Hall of Fame. 
you know, I, I just think the uh, the saves total. I'm not sure. You know, did he ever lead the league in saves? I'm not sure if he did. Uh, you know, that that hurts Wagner. Certainly, the strikeouts for you know per nine and everything else that works. Uh, you know, also hurt Sam that he wasn't that dominant guy in the postseason like Rivera was. For me, the personal one that I'm rooting for is obviously Scott Rowland. Again, very biased to my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. But 300 dingers and 12, 1,200 ribbies and over 100 stolen bases. Like he, I mean, played a long time. He's got the war. Is Scott Rowland's a guy who eventually gets in, in your opinion, Bob? Yes or no? Close, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. He's, he's making a rise up here. I think it's going to be very close if he does or not. You know, like you said, 300 home runs, you know, as a third baseman, you know, you should be hitting over 400 home runs, you know, you know, that, that sort of thing, the power position. Uh, you know, Fred McGriff hit 493 home runs as a first baseman, and, you know, and he's not in. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I think the analytics are, are helping him. He's going to be a close call. If, it, if he gets in, I think it's going to be in the last ballot. All right, pivoting away from the Hall of Fame to uh, the game that's being played right now, in our uh, MLB season preview, you said watch out for the Giants this year. You said a couple young guys emerging, and you said it's a veteran group that can make some damage. You were right on that. Now what are you going to be right on for the rest of the year? Who makes a push? Who gets into the playoffs who's already not assured of being in? Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Yankees here. I mean, they're in a rut right now, and the Blue Jays are red hot. Uh, you know, Oakland's falling apart. Boston's falling apart. So I would be surprised to see the Blue Jays host that wild card game, and, you know, of all places. They're, you know, third home of the uh, season after starting off in Dunning and, you know, going to Buffalo. Uh, I think the team everybody's overlooking, and I think you can make the argument the best team in baseball, is the Milwaukee Brewers. I think the Brewers are a great team. You know, three frontline starters, and two guys with Williams and the uh, hater at the back end, and now Christian Yelich is heating up. Uh, I wouldn't want to play the Brewers in the postseason. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think they got a great chance to knock off the Dodgers, the Giants, or whoever in the National League. You just made our producer very happy. He's a big Brewers homer. Wisconsin native Mike Vitale literally <laughs> fist pumping as you're making your prediction. Uh, we, I got one last one before we cut you loose because we we haven't talked in a while, which is that's my fault. E me, e me. I'll eat that one. Um, the Field of Dreams game was was several weeks ago now. Were you, were you fortunate enough to be there, Bob? No, and I kicked myself. I should have gone. You should have uh, gone. We have a yeah. We have a the Iowa paper, a Des Moines Iowa paper belongs to the Gannett chain. They said, "How about send someone there?" I said, "Okay, that's fine." But you know, when I'm watching it, particularly the ninth inning, is what really you know made that thing. It's like, okay, learn my lesson. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there next year for the uh, Reds and the Cubs. We said, uh, that- yeah, cool, a, a cool thing. It's just different. And uh, I hope they start doing. You know, things like that at a different place. I know they uh, talked about going to, uh, you know, Rexfield, where the old Negro Lakes uh, Stadium was, is in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, where Willie Mays and Hank Aaron played. You know, that'd be cool to do something like that one day, too. Love that. Bob Nightingale of USA Today, and in my opinion, I say it every time, the best Twitter on Twitter. That's how I feel. Follow me. <laughs> Follow B. Nightingale on the Twitter and get all your Major League Baseball updates. Bob, thank you for being a friend of the show, and thank you for being you. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Take care. What a good guy. Thanks, Bob. We do not deserve the good fortune that we have with the people who contribute to us.
do you think he could make like three hours for us? Yeah, that's can what I like I want. ask him pretty pretty please? Can we just sit and talk about baseball with Bob Nightingale for three hours? I just want to sit in the stands and have no one know who we are. <laughs> I want to sit in right center field around nobody and just have stories and stories. Good dude. Let's grab a break. What do we got? Like 45 minutes left? So we'll do 45 minutes of – I got a bunch of stuff here. I still think – 43 if you're a real good math person. Well, I'm not, and I've proven that multiple times. Um, uh, I want to talk about this UFC thing for sure. You want to do that next, man? I'm in. Perfect. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Thank you to a friend of the show, Bob Nightingale, who joined us. Talked Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Question from the texter. Fred. How did it feel to have your sports writing hero and the number one guy on your Rolodex tell you there's no way in heck Scott Rowland is getting into the Hall of Fame because I enjoyed it tremendously? <sighs> LOL. Well, I'm going to tell you it hurt. It hurt me greatly. Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer, if you ask me. That 05 Cardinals team, which did not win the World Series, was the best baseball team in, in the history of all baseball. Outside of not winning the World Series. <laughs> That's just, like, your opinion, man. So to you, texter, please lose the NMDOT text line, 505 <laughs> uh, You have been suspended from texting the program for one week. Uh, any attempt to text the program over the course of this following week will result in me extending the suspension, and you will not then be able to text for even longer. Strike. Thank you, Vital. Excellent work. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record for the friends of the show. Okay. Okay. I hate the UFC. I'm just saying it. Okay. Okay. The sp- not. Combat sports. No, not combat sports. The organization that is the UFC. Correct. Okay. I like boxing. I like some forms of mixed martial arts. Some. But the UFC as an organization and Dana White as an individual, to me, is the scum between my toes. He's not the best dude. No. And his playbook, I've seen before. In fact, I'll tell you, I saw it for four years. <laughs> so he goes on this podcast, which I'm not familiar with. If you're a big UFC fan, if Michael Frankel's listening right now, he went on Travis Brown's podcast. Okay? Are you ready for this? And by the way, if Michael Frankel is listening, always call. Give us a call. Yeah, just call. Yeah. Call in the Quan's talking about UFC hotline. right now. Call in. We should have called you. We should have called you. Our bad. We didn't hear about this story until like an hour before the show. I heard about this story this morning. It was like the first one on my Reddit when I woke up. Ah. That's what I do, Vital, when I wake up. I go to Reddit because I'm a millennial. Okay. So when I woke up, (laughs) Vital's like, that's not a sentence to me. So when I woke up, it's uh, in historically UFC players, UFC fighters have been like comically underpaid, laughably underpaid, yeah. embarrassingly underpaid. Yes. If you don't, if you're not the main fighter on the main card, right. on the biggest 
card all year if and you're, you don't so also happen to have a whiskey company or you're not now in the WWE, I'm talking about two people. Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. Mm. Those people got paid. Everyone else Brock is Le- underpaid. Hey, Brock Lesnar's Jimmy John checks were no joke. Oh, really? But that's the thing, too, because they signed that exclusive deal with Reebok, and then you couldn't even you couldn't even put names on your trunks no more unless you were cutting off tens of grand every time you were on TV to the UFC. Dana White is taking advantage oh my of these young athletes. Of passion professionals. Yes. They are so passionate about their sport. Mm-hmm. They're so passionate about their trade that you have to work every day at this. It isn't something you're just naturally good at and just show up. There's only one John Bones Jones who's just a natural freak talent. Yes. Most everybody works 16 hours a day just for a shot. And, of course, they're going to be exploited because they just want that shot. And Dana White isn't there to take care of them and make sure they have a pension and make sure they have health care for life and they're not compensated for the time. He exploits them. He takes advantage of them. Everything you said, in my opinion, is very true. Yes. Dan White went on the Travis Brown podcast. I don't know what that is. If it has a name that's different than what I said, I don't know it. But when talking about athletes and fighters being underpaid, he said, quote, you have these scumbags out there that know nothing about the business telling all the fighters, quote, oh, you're being underpaid. You're not being paid enough money. You're not this. It goes on every expletive day. Every media member that talks about fighter pay is a scumbag who is basically just out there to get attention because they literally know nothing about the business or the pay or how any of this expletive works. It's all part of the game. Obviously hit a nerve with him, right? Oh my God. So it's got to be some truth to it. Hey, but I'm telling you, I've seen this playbook, man. This is the, it's not my fault. Uh, I didn't create it. I didn't do anything wrong. It's all fake news. This is all the media. That's what this is. That's this argument. Look, you don't have to be Dana White to understand this. No. You know why? Because they have to report their earnings. You can see how much the UFC, the company, grossed, how much they netted, mm-hmm. and how much they pay their fighters. Correct. And it's a wild discrepancy. The one, the five-year deal with ESPN for that ESPN Plus thing, which, by the way, people pay for, one point five bill, like Cosby. Five years. For five years, one point five billion that's what 300 million a year 300 million a year and what there's one major event a month is that correct but we didn't have ticket sales for a whole year he talked about prosecuting people who are pirating the uh, stream service let's let's say your your purse is a million a month you still have (laughs) Two hundred and eighty-eight million dollars left, and that's paying a million-dollar purse. How about and there's, and there's like five dudes in the UFC who makes that much money. Nothing will ever change until the people who make those that kind of money boycott or say, "You take care of these guys, or we're going to Bellator, or we're going to start our own." Yeah. And you would need someone to do that. You need someone with the 
the cojones to step up and do it. Like, you know, I talk about pro wrestling a lot. I'm a pro wrestling guy. Mm. But like Tony Khan, who was like, I'm going to start AEW. We're going to do this exact thing. And the thing that's so, and I'll just use it because I've been hanging around it, Trump-esque of this, is he's like, we're losing all this money because of the pandemic. And then he's like, uh, quote, the UFC broke every record in 2020, including revenue. One of these things is a lie. Which one is it? You were lying about it. By the way, 2019 was the most profitable year in the history of UFC. It was. Because it's public record. You can look it up. What you need, in my opinion, is minimum contracts and a percent of, like, wage share. And you're fine. That's all you need. Then it's going to allow you to sign, like, a certain amount of guys and have those guys contribute, as opposed to everyone and their brother claiming they have a UFC contract, which is for zero dollars. Yeah. Dana White is gross, and the UFC is gross. Here's here's a good perspective. we got to go to break, but make it. Okay. For example, uh, Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. um, you know, good pre- players union. Maybe the been, best. Been around a lot longer. They have minimum contracts, pensions, and health care. And their contracts are a 50% wage share. Correct. So they're guaranteed their players' pool, their um, wage pool has to be half of the total profits. UFC, no pension, no health care, no minimum contracts, and their athlete compensation is 17%. That's a third. You you have to be at 33%. That's my number in my head. Because that's already double. Well, I guess it's almost double. <laughs> Math again, Vital. Don't say it. Don't say strike. <laughs> Let's go to break. Because if I talk about Dana White anymore, I'm going to get so mad. I'm always so mad. we got an open segment. We'll take your calls. Quan's Auto Care Hotline, 505-246-0610. I don't think we announced it yet. Today's varsity van and to pay homage to the rivalry that is UNM and New Mexico State University. Today's varsity is the varsity of rivalries. Ooh, Ooh that'll be a good one. I, I pointed that, or excuse me, I asked that on social media earlier today, and I got a lot of suggestions. So we're going to do the varsity of rivalries in our final segment. Save Q Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Phone lines are open and we're taking them. Quan's Auto Care Hotline, 505-246-0610. Call your boys. We're going to do NFL roundtable otherwise. You anything you're most excited about, like legitimately? Is there a thing about the NFL season where you're? Yeah, this rookie class of quarterback. Yeah. I think that's the big story. Can Tommy Terrific do it again? And how good are these rookies actually? How about the guys from last year, Herbert, Burroughs? There's some good ones in there too. Yeah, yeah. Joe Burrow, like. What did he only get two games? How many? How many? How many games did he get in? Played, he got uh, I think he got six. Six games. He, he was Josh playing Allen. very well. The, I know you just said Herbert, but the the Chargers are going to go by way of the quarterback. Everyone goes by way of the quarterback, but the Chargers may have a real special guy down there. I think they do. I agree with that. Think, think about the NFL before Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Okay, I'm thinking about it. 
Okay. There wasn't a lot of Dan Marinos. There wasn't a lot of Warren Moons. Like, the guys before Manning and Brady would throw the ball 22, 23 times a game. Football changed. Like, they would let Warren Moon air it out. They let Dan Marino air it out. That They were the exception, not the rule. Now these young quarterbacks, except for the running guys, everyone throws the ball 40 times a game now. And everyone is that level of talented. I think every quarterback drafted in the first round is going to be a quality NFL quarterback. I think this draft class will end up being something very special if they're not injured or their teams don't blow themselves up. A la like the 05 draft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Yes. I believe yes in what you're saying. Yeah. It's such a different game now, too, though, because you were talking about, like, the 90s, right? Unless you, who, who was, like, the second-tier guy? Vinny Testaverde. Sure. So Vinny Testaverde was, like, your second-tier guy then. And he was able to have success because they had, like, really good running backs in, in for the New York Jets at the time, right? So it's – you have to have still that same kind of balance now with your like quarterback. Like we'll use the kid Herbert in the chart with the Chargers, for instance. Austin Eckler hurt; his hamstring don't work right now. Like he's going to miss the opener. Like that is going to strongly indicate the kind of season that the Chargers going to have. Because if you just take the running game away, because that's what you're doing. Like when you don't have that that go-to guy when you only have one guy. I don't know who the back of running backs are in San Diego. Is that a thing I should know? And by San Diego, I mean Los Angeles. <laughs> Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, who are they? Justin Jackson's talented. I don't know about Kelly. They're no Austin Eckler. But I think you're going to see a lot of ebb and flow with these young guys, depending on how good their team is, because their ceiling is going to be dependent on their offensive line mm -hmm. and their running game. And their defense. You can't expect your dude to be the MVP every year. Look at the GOAT. Look at Tom Brady. He's had down years. No, he hasn't. <laughs> Him not winning a Super Bowl is a down year. Statistically, he's had down years. Like the, People have been second-guessing him. He's too old. He's off a down year. He'll never bounce back again. And now he's friggin' what, 44 this year? He's going to have another good year. Your boy Devontae Adams is in the last year of his contract with Green Bay. He said today there is no chance they will hand, they will have an extension before the end of the season. Green Bay Packers will be without Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams next that's, year. That's crazy that you said that out loud. And Doesn't that suck? It's very true. Are you okay back there, Vital? Yeah, I, I agree. Your boy Danny Amendola just won't give up. I mean, whoever wants to spend the money next year can get an already winning combo of Rodgers and Adams. So if you're LeFleur, Coach LeFleur. LeFleur. The can you imagine having on the left-hand side Devontae Adams, your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, the right-hand side is Stephon Diggs, and then the slot is Adam Thielen? <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. Because that's what's going to happen. Somebody gets to make a new team. That's what it is. The The Minnesota Vikings will be that. You think so? Yes. To the highest bidder. Or you think Rodgers is going to pull a Brady? 
Well, here, like, I'll take a pay cut as long as you have the best roster. The thing is, Tom Brady is going to win the Super Bowl this year. The Buccaneers are going to go undefeated, and then he's going to do it again next year. Which would make what, like 34, 37, 40, and how many games they win in a row to end out the season last year? Doesn't matter. That'd be like 51 straight wins. The way it should be. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I know that the Buccaneers lost some games last year, but they were undefeated last year. In the playoffs, they were undefeated. That is correct. But also, they were in the regular season. They weren't, but they they were. Which was your which was your preseason prediction? Yeah, I absolutely called that. I remember that last year. You said both the Buccaneers and Patriots will go undefeated. Yes, and meet in the Super Bowl, and either Tom Brady or the Patriots would win. Well, spoiler for this weekend when we do the NFL preview, you the same exact prediction: Tom Brady versus Mac Do- Mac Jones. Yes. Danny Amendola signed with the Texans. Here's why that's weird to me. What? <laughs> what are you, you're going to give two and a half million to 35 year old Houston native Danny Amendola for why? What are you doing in Detroit the last two years? I'm being serious. Poor Detroit. The New Orleans Saints say they should be able to play in New Orleans on October the third. Well, that's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. Your boy, Trevor Lawrence, was named captain of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's strong. Jaguars. You know who wasn't? Who's that? Tua Tagovailoa. You want your your quarterback, your air quotes franchise quarterback, to have confidence. Make sure he knows he's the guy while your owner is talking to Houston about massage enthusiast Deshaun Watson. That's an interesting way to describe that. <laughs> and you don't even give him the C on his jersey? You want the troops to rally behind him? You don't even give him the C? Let's grab a break. We're going to do the varsity when we get back. It's the varsity of rivalries today, Van. We're doing the varsity of rivalries, okay? Okay. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. We're back on the program. It was arguably the best program we've ever done in the history of the existence of this program. It was very strong. It was strong work. I mean, just the best guest, too. And it was lined out. Big thank you to Amory Castillo. Uh, check her out at 730 tonight at Revel if you're looking for something to do. Big thank you to Coach Danny Gonzalez. He got us hyped with the big rivalry matchup against New Mexico State University. Big thank you to Coach Robert Kent, who came in on very short notice to talk about the gladiators and what's going on in the community. Big thank you to Bob Nightingale, who told me Scott Rowland wasn't quite good enough, and I did not love that. Aww. Did not. Because it's the Rio Grande rivalry this weekend with your UNM Lobos taking on the New Mexico State fighting Agates. <clears throat> Doing the varsity of rivalries, okay? Yes. All right. So I put it out on... Social media earlier. Here are some of the suggestions we got on social media, all right? Batman versus Joker. Excellent work. I don't think that one counts. That's arch nemesis. That's different. They're not working towards the same goal. That's an excellent point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So they're not a that's – a, that's a bad one. Fred versus Blue's Clues. Okay. So this <laughs> – 
This is a good one because I went on a big social media anti-Blues Clues thing after the Blues Clues guy came back and made a Blues Clues video 20 years after Blues Clues in an effort just to scrape at any sort of relevancy, which he does not have with me. I don't think that was his vibe. No, I saw it. But I didn't care either just because of age. I never watched Blue Clues. I didn't watch Blue Clues for one second when I was a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't into dumb stuff. Firstborn versus youngest. I think that's a good one. Red versus green. Anti-vax versus... Well, that's a... No, right? That's a little too much there. Mass versus... They actually ended up very very disease-centric after here. So... So there. Uh, the best one I thought was that giant rooster versus Peter from Family Guy. I thought that was pretty clever. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Army, Navy. Okay, well, I think that might be in your Batman versus Joker arch nemesis yeah, category, yeah. too. Tupac, Biggie. It's an excellent one. Yeah. Uh, my stomach versus my scale. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't count at all. I got mine. Are you ready, Van? All right, hit me. They got Red Sox Yankees is on here. That's a good one. All right, my I'm going to start with Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage. So Hulk Hogan, okay, the Mega Powers before they were the Mega Powers were arch nemesis, and then in real life, allegedly Hulk Hogan had an affair with Miss Elizabeth, and well, obviously that did not sit well with Randy Savage, and then allegedly professionally Hulk Hogan kept Randy Savage from ever winning the title by convincing Vince McMahon to never give it to him. But then allegedly, uh, Randy Savage got back at Vince McMahon by sleeping with his daughter in real life. Oh, my. That's a rivalry. (laughs) I didn't know it was that complex. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of layers in that onion, Shrek. Who you got? How about the Rancho Carney High Toros cheerleading squad? Very good. Versus the East Compton Clovers cheerleading squad. Very good. Yeah. I think that's a really good rivalry. From step up. Yeah. I mean, from bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. Oh, it's already been baratin, Fred. That's a good one. Thank you. I'm thinking maybe on my list of rivalries, I would put Steve Austin and Bret Hart. I think that's a very good rivalry. Um, the, arguably the greatest face heel double turn in the history of all rivalries where you no longer were rooting for the individual you were when it started. So I'm going to say Steve Austin and Bret Hart. Okay, that's an excellent answer. Thank you. That seems like very poor. I, you th- I think you should have finished with the first one because that one was pretty profound. I didn't know all that was going on. <laughs> How about Marty McFly versus Biff Tannen? That one's like spanned decades. <laughs> yeah. Been it, around. That rivalry needed science and time travel to keep going. That's how good it was. I really like that one. Um, making a second appearance on my list is Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper. Okay. This, to me, was also as good as it got. Uh, Hot Rod himself could not be outdone on the microphone, but he was outdone in the ring by mm-hmm. one Hulk Hogan, who was uh, not able to triumph over over old, old Hulk Hogan really ever in his career, but still just an excellent rivalry. Okay, I have another heated rivalry as well. Okay. Somewhat of a blood feud, really. Ah. Kind of like along the lines of what you've been describing. Yes. Uh, how about Katie Heron versus Regina George? What? Yeah. I don't know if I know this one. You don't know this one? No. You never seen Mean Girls? Okay, I do know this one. Okay. (laughs) Stop trying to make Mean Girls a thing. (laughs) The summer of 2011 
was the summer of punk and one John Cena took that very personally and one of the greatest rivalries of all time, which is John Cena versus CM Punk. When CM Punk defeated John Cena for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam in Chicago and then disappear into retirement immediately, only to reemerge two weeks later to the tone of cult of personality and set Cena on a downward spiral he would never be able to recover from. That last part was a lie. Or how about two crotchety old men fighting for the heart of a woman? And that woman being Anne Margaret, and those men being Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. Okay. <laughs> Can you think of better rivals no. than the uh, grumpy old men? The, about the odd couple. The, well, I mean, they were actually closer to perfect strangers than rivals. I would go with, um, I don't know if you've heard of these two guys. One is The Undertaker, and the other is Shawn Michaels. Uh, I would say... As far as the last millennium goes, arguably the best rivalry in the history of rivals um, and only cultivated, obviously, where it could be appreciated, which was the stage of WrestleMania 25. Okay, I think that's a very good answer, but it's not the number one. And my number one would be Carl Spackler versus the Gopher. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Famed 80s classic comedy Caddyshack. Yep. Undertaker versus Kane. Enough said. Okay, Undertaker versus the wrestler Kane or Undertaker versus cocaine, the drug? Uh, the wrestler Kane. Okay. I think they both had a big influence on his life. We're five minutes away from Mike Trujillo on True to the Game. Mike's on tonight, right? I'm not being – Yeah, yeah not, he's okay. on tonight. Yep. So catch True to the Game immediately following us. Such a good job today, man. Right back at you, buddy. Any final words before we go? Oh, my goodness. Too much for the time allotted. Good job, everyone. GG. See you on Saturday, Burke.